Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, December 12th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to have part two of our Writer's Room discussion, trying to help determine the top 100 movies of the last decade. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Managing Editor Jacob Hall. Hello, hello. Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And Writer Squatran Bui. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hello, folks. Okay, uh, so for those of you who haven't listened to yesterday's episode, well, first of all, you should, and it's uh, two hours of goodness. Uh, We now have 34 movies locked in, four movies in discussion, and there's another 122 movies in consideration, which means, uh, if I'm doing the math correctly, that means that we're going to have to cut like half of those for the final list. Uh, so today's uh, podcast, it, w- the goal of today's podcast is get it down to 100 movies. I think we can do this, guys. I have faith in us. I think so, too. So we're going to definitely speed up a little bit this time. For those of you who <laughs> want us to go a little faster or get this done, uh, you're in luck. Um, and what, we are going to start adding cuts into this. Last time we only did nominations to be put in the top 100. This time we're going to start putting up films that we believe don't belong in there. And we're probably going to start that way. But before we do... I want to make one group suggestion. So there are three Mission Impossible movies on this list. Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout. Fallout with two votes or two nominations. Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol with one each. So what I propose is clearly we want a Mission Impossible movie on this list. Fallout is the culmination. It's the biggest and grandest. It has the most support already. What if we put Fallout on the list right away before we move into anything else and we cut Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation? Well... I do want to say that Ghost Protocol is actually my favorite of the Mission Impossible movies, even though I know Fallout is the superior film. I just want to give my word yeah. in for Ghost Protocol just because I think Brad Bird does such a fun, good job with it. And it really revitalized the Mission Impossible movies into being sort of Tom Cruise's uh, stunt um, yeah. showcase and his death wish overall. And uh, just it's such a fun, really well-paced, just really cheesy sometimes movie. And um, I just... I. I want to say, if we have that discussion over Fast Five, I'd rather have two Mission Impossible movies in the list than Fast Five. 
Ooh. I, I, I will say no, this, though. is right. I, I will say this. I am voting for Ghost Protocol. That is my favorite of these movies. Like, it has the big – like, that – that uh, whole sequence on the side of the building, I think, is the best of that series. I know Agreed. that maybe Fallout is a better overall movie. Actually, Rogue One, uh, Rogue Nation is the better movie uh, we're talking about here, but that's, apparently it's out. Okay, so, clear... Jacob, your, your plan yeah. to uh, yeah. to knock this off quickly, you've waded into deep waters here, sir. Yeah, I, I moved <laughs> all three Mission Impossible films up to in discussion, so we'll come back to those later. So what we're going to do, for a few rounds, I want to cut some fat. This list has a lot of, it's all amazing movies, all great movies. We have to say it up front. There are no movies on this list that are total dog crap, even ones where I yell about because dragons. Um, anyway. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> even the movies we don't like are still something that somebody loves, but we need to cut this list down to make it manageable so you can find the real cream so it's going to remain there. So we're going to do a few rotations where we cut. Wait, I have an and, idea, Jacob. Yes. How about in the first rotation, we each have to cut one of our own movies? Yes, I think that's a great plan. In fact, I want, in a, in a, it's a show of good faith. I'm going to start this cut, even though I went last uh, last time. And I'm going to cut Moneyball, one of my favorite movies, one of my comfort food movies, a movie I think is expertly made, expertly told, expertly acted, that I find endlessly fascinating and rewatchable. But it's not going to make this list. I'm the only one who, who supports it. And I'd rather kill it myself. I'll take it behind the barn, quietly put a bullet in its head, rather than one of you. I'm not going to let one of you fuckers shotgun as Nisa's wedding or something. So oh I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> Jeez, so that's I'm, harsh. I'm taking Moneyball. I'm killing Moneyball before any of you guys can do it. Ben, what are you killing? Uh, I'm going to kill Holy Motors, which is the only movie. I voted for this movie and nobody else did. I don't, I don't even know if anybody else on this podcast has seen this because I've it's never really, spoken really to anybody It's really good. It, but... it almost made my list, Ben. It is uh it is a really really fascinating movie. It's from 2012. It's all about the actor performance. It's like this guy gets in a limo and drives around, I think it's France, and he uh, dons multiple personalities over the course of the movie and changes costumes and it's it's all about this like fluid uh it's this whole fluid journey of performance and who's performing for who and and the the world is a grand stage. All of this like really incredible intellectual kind of stuff but um it's a little bit too uh, obscure probably for a group list like this so anyway seek out the movie though if you're listening to this and you've never heard of it it's definitely worth a watch yeah it's great but chris what do you kill uh i'll cut two things i'll get this moving along i'm gonna cut both uh a cure for wellness and crimson peak because i know neither of those stands a chance because everyone is wrong, and that's it. That's all I have to say. I support you for Crimson Peak, Chris. Thank Crimson you. Peak. Crimson Peak almost made my list, Chris. It's really good. Yeah, uh, but I know. Just cut it. Cut it, and I will be content in my correctness. <laughs> all right, so next up in the rotation is Peter. Cut something. Um, so I've already gotten exit through the gift shop through here, and I, I am obsessed with like movies having to do with art and artists. And uh, one of them that I put on this list is Being Elmo, and this uh, follows Kevin Clash, the the guy that basically basically invented Elmo, but he is. A little bit of a problematic person. After this movie was made, there were some things that happened, which you can look up on your own. I, I love this movie, but I, I feel like it might have been hard to convince you guys to put it on the list. So mm. we'll cut it. All right. HT, cut something. I'll cut Brooklyn, which is a really lovely movie oh. starring Saoirse Ronan oh. as an Irish immigrant oh, that tells no. a beautiful... Oh, really? Maybe oh, voted I for Only HT voted for it. You can't have the reaction now. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. 
man. But yeah, this movie really touched me because it tells this wonderful story about a young woman who's an immigrant stuck between the new world and her old life uh, in the form of two romances. And it's just so beautifully told and a really delicate film. And I just loved it so much. Um, but I'm guessing that it's too quiet of a film to be on this list, though apparently not because yeah. I just got two like protests. I had I it swear, on my I, list, Jacob. I swear Is to it? God, if Fast Five makes this list and Brooklyn doesn't, I'm going to be pissed. Well, Brooklyn was only on one list by my notes, but it's gone now. So goodbye, Brooklyn. <sighs> Wait, so are I, we I allowing that? Like, if someone has objections to someone cutting something, like it's gone. If it has one vote, and, we're, and, and it's the person who voted for it, like HG did there, and we're cutting it. Cutting okay, the okay, that's fair. Uh, Brad, what do you cut? Um, I'm going to cut uh, Thor Ragnarok because I'm the only one who put it on my list. I think I just have a special affinity for it because how much I love the Marvel movies and I love Taika Waititi's comedy. And as great as it is that he reinvigorated the Thor franchise, made a movie that is hilarious but has awesome cosmic action and an incredible soundtrack by Mark Mothersbaugh, I feel like nobody else is going to go for it because we already have Avengers Endgame and Guardians of the Galaxy on the list. And those are the two Marvel movies that really deserve to be in the best of the decade. Uh, yeah, it's it's terrific, but yeah, I think you're right. All right, so we're back to me. Do you want to do one more round of, uh, of cutting stuff we like? Yeah, this, we can... is, this is fun. Let's okay. do ten more rounds of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in that case, looking over this, um, I am going to cut uh, my favorite horror movie of the past decade, and that's The Babadook. I think it's an incredible metaphor for grief. It's very scary. It became a great meme. And uh, I think about it a lot, but it has no support from anybody else. And uh, I, I get it. I think it's a terrific film. And I think everybody involved in it uh, should be superstars. But uh, goodbye, Babadook. Ben, what do you vote for? It? Cut. Uh, I'm going to cut two. I'm going to cut Moonrise Kingdom, which we talked about very briefly yesterday because you guys convinced me that Grand Budapest Hotel was a better Wes Anderson pick for this list. And I ultimately agree with that. But just a, a quick shout out to Moonrise. I love that movie. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's like pure childhood innocence in a way that I didn't find um, annoying. So uh, there, you know, shout out there. Uh, and I'm also going to cut OJ Made in America, which is one of my favorite document documentaries of the past decade. It is like, you know, seven or eight hours or something insane. It's this super, super sprawling, in-depth story about not just O.J. Simpson, but race in this country and, and the history and, and uh, oppressive systems. And I mean, it's like it is so um, wide sweeping in its scope. But there's also a huge controversy controversy around whether or not it's actually a movie or a TV show. And guys, just to be realistic, we don't have time to get into that shit on this podcast. So uh, <laughs> by O.J. Made in America. Yeah, it's amazing. It made my top 10 that year, but you're right. Okay, next in rotation is Chris. Uh, I just had one and I completely forgot what it was because my brain is mush. Um, <laughs> what was it? Come, let's skip me. Come back to me because I can't remember what it was. Go to the next person. Uh, Peter, cut one. I do feel like comedies are getting the shaft here, but I'm going to cut one that I, I think I was the only one to vote for, and that's 50-50. I think this is a... You know, it, it's a movie that will make you laugh. It makes you cry. But uh, I, uh, even, the fact that Brad didn't even vote for this means that it's probably not going to make it. So I'm fine with losing it. All right. So uh, moving on from Peter, uh, HT, cut something. All right. This is going to be a little bit painful, painful for me, but I'm going to go hard for another anime film. So I am cutting Your Name, wow. uh, which is a film I deeply love and really gets to the the core of just, um, this emptiness and this pining that uh, across 
the across the miles and across time in a really cerebral way. Um, I love this film. I actually don't think it's even the best Makoto Shinkai film, though, and I'm going to go hard for another anime film later on. So I'm cutting it. All right, uh, Brad, cut something. Are we still cutting just our own? Yeah, it's the last round of that, I think. Oof. This is, uh, this is a tough one. Um, I... No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to cut... Shit, this is... Why? Why? This is the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> How about Chris? Do you have one yet? Yeah, I know I have one. All right, Brad, come All back right. in a second. So it pains me to do this, but I'm going to cut because I'm going to vote for The Grey, which is uh, the Liam Neeson movie where he fights wolves. And this movie is one of my favorite movies ever made, but it was so poorly marketed. It, it was, you know, the trailers made it look like it was another, you know, Liam Neeson ass kicker movie. And that's not what it is. It's really this very bleak meditation on death. And it's such a... <laughs> a miserable movie and i love that but unfortunately a lot of people sort of like got angry because of how it was marketed so i love you the gray but you're off all right uh so brings it back to brad what do you think brad uh this is painful but i feel like nobody else is gonna back me up on this uh i feel like jacob might but since he didn't even get it on his list that'd probably be a, a uphill battle i'm gonna cut mcgruber uh, MacGruber is really funny, Brad, but I don't think it. I don't think it is top one hundred. You know. I know it's 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 just awful. Okay, well, that, back to me. And I think we should open the floodgates now and cut. Start start nominating other people's movies to cut that we don't think hang in the conversation. <laughs> Everybody ready for that? Everybody now it's gonna get mean. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm gonna cut a movie that I I, I think is a good movie but has no business being on this list, and that's Wreck It Ralph. What? I think that's yeah. like one of the best I Walt Disney animated films of the last 10 years. Cut it. Is, it. Nope. it is totally nice. It's a very nice movie, Peter. I, I think there are much better animated movies in our list and on remaining of the remainder of this list. Yeah, I think one of the best Disney animated well, movies of the past decade isn't even on here because I didn't put it on here. And that's Tangled. But no one has seen it except for me and like a couple. I've seen it. Team. I've yeah. seen it. And I think Wreck-It Ralph is better. Tangled. Whatever. Tangled, Tangled is better. <laughs> How many yeah, animated films do we have on our list so again. far, Jacob? Uh, we have Inside Out, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. We have How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, How to Train Your Dragon. I think Wreck-It Ralph is only fine. I don't think – I, I, I know what you, you like it a lot, Peter. But in terms of a group top 100, I think you're the only one who, who really loves it. And I'm not sure if that's enough to get it on this list at this point. I do also really like Wreck-It Ralph. But, yeah, I'm on the fence about it being in the top, top uh, list of the decade. Fine. All right. Bye bye, Wreck It Ralph. Uh, ben, hurt someone. Uh, I'm going to hurt a movie that I also love um, that Brad nominated, I think, which is uh, They Came Together, which is. No! The... <laughs> which is the, the spoof of uh, romantic comedies starring Paul Rudd and uh, Amy Poehler. It's, it's really, really funny, but uh, it's, it's so sort of light and fluffy. Um, it's maybe a little too light and fluffy for, for this kind of list. I think it, it works really, really well in context, but like sitting back and looking at, you know, a bird's eye view of the entire sites group list. I just, I'm not sure it has a spot there. Yeah. You can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> 
tell me about it. <laughs> I, I, I think between comedies and animation, we're not going to have 10 films from those two groups on our best of the you know top 100 of the last decade. Don't worry, 21 Jump Street's going to make it, right, guys? Uh, anyway, no! They, they came together. <laughs> um, uh, I haven't uh, seen Brad, it. Brad, do you, do you want to say a, a quiet goodbye to it? Yes, good, goodbye, they came together. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> okay, Chris, uh, now it's your turn to throw some blood. All right, I'm going to get really controversial. I demand that Lady Bird gets removed from this list. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it only has one vote, so it doesn't seem yeah. as controversial as it, yeah. as it seems. That was my vote. I I do not look. I love Sarah Ronan. I love Greta Gerwig. I do not understand the enthusiasm for this movie. I I just don't care for it at all. I'm sorry, everyone who loves Lady Bird, which is like the entire world, but I don't like it. Chris, you just don't understand because you don't have a heart. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you never you never you never came of age. That's right. I was just born <laughs> like this. You born a grumpy old man. Miserable and. Yeah, I, I can't mount a defense for Lady Bird. I, I, I'm okay with this. Fine. Yes, Chris wins again. Yeah. This is like, the, by the way, the fifth movie at this point. Okay, go you, ahead. You just got to vandalize. You dare. I don't know if this is Chris's movie. I'm assuming it probably actually is, but I'm not going after it because it's Chris. I'm going after it because I really don't like it. It is Inherent Vice. Boo. That was on my was list. Was it your whatever. movie? Ugh. I also hate that movie, Peter. So. Yeah. yeah. Hate? Hate is a strong word. I, I used to be the biggest Paul Thomas like Anderson it. fan, and I really did not like that movie. That was going to be my cut, too, because I think that it is a hipster comedy that is not very funny. Ooh. I like oh. Inherent Vice a lot, but The Master is about three times as good, and it's on our list, so I'm okay cutting it. Um. All right, whose turn is it? All right, so that was Chris just, uh, Peter just somewhere, yep. which brings yeah. us to HD. Uh, I am going to go against uh, another movie that I think is Peter's. Oh, uh, no. I think, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I think that's Ingrid Goes West. No, which... this one I will fight for. This is the the one I'm going to stand up for. And I, I think this movie is not only a funny comedy, which we are lacking in our, our list, but it, it says so much about the, the Instagram generation that – like we are living in in this decade and has amazing performance not just from Aubrey Plaza but also from Wyatt Russell and Elizabeth Olsen I oh. <laughs> I don't want to so lose quiet. this one what happened <laughs> I, I do know this I think this is one of Peter's top five of the year it came out if not your number I one mean, Peter I just this is a movie that I liked when I saw it, but it was very forgettable to me. I don't really remember much of it now after a year a, le- a year later. And I do think while it says some clever things about social media and mental illness, I think it thinks itself smarter than it is. So I don't know. I just, yeah. This is a movie that I think is, is fine, but not deserving of a top 100 of the decade list. Since Peter plans to fight for this one, HD, I'm going to move it into uh, into the conversation. All right, I guess I'll you, go for you, another one. Yeah, cut, cut someone else. Oh, why do I have to be mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see. Uh, Too bad that wasn't on video. Someone should have, like, you know, made a, a clip of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
This is another one that I really enjoyed from this past year, but I don't think it's a top 100 movie, and that's Booksmart. Uh, I'm sorry. I think it's a it's a good comedy, and it's really cute, and it's really funny, and it's really it has like a nice sort of uh, a really nice core value to it. But um, I just I don't think it's top 100 material. It, it's overrated. Oh my god! All right. Who the, well, who the hell said I, that? It might have been me. <laughs> Uh, book smart's really this, good i put this on my list i think it's it's probably going to end up on my favorite movies of 2019 but uh we have sing street on this list which is another coming of age story that i really really love already so i'm okay with it going away all right book smart's really good but it's gone all right brad hurt someone um i i think i know whose list this is on and i'm i'm so i'm gonna apologize um <laughs> i, I want to cut mandy <laughs> Uh, oh. I know. I'm sorry, Jacob. Oh. <laughs> this, this, this movie is a beautiful, weird, crazy fever dream of insanity, and I enjoyed watching it, but I think it's so niche and way too weird to be on a best of the decade list. All right, I will make you a deal, Brad. This deal extends to everybody. I will cut Mandy if we move Kill List into top 100 right now. Ooh, I, haven't, I, I haven't seen Kill List, so oh. I can't argue. I don't even know what Kill List is. I, have no I love that deal. Uh, Kill List is... Ben Wheatley's breakout movie, his second film, one of the most twisted, insane, terrifying fillers I've ever seen, one of my favorite films of all time. I will lose um, Mandy if he needs Kill List getting in there. I don't know how I feel about that, because I think Mandy is a better movie. Mm. Yeah, I've actually seen Mandy, and I like it. It would be a really weird cho- uh, choice on the Best 100 list, but I think it kind of would be a little bit ballsy to put it on there. I don't know. All right. Uh, if the kill list deal goes through, I will not put up a fight. We'll delete Mandy. If not, I'm moving Mandy into in discussion and when Brad picks again. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Sounds like the, the kill list thing probably isn't going to work, Jacob. No. But, uh, that's, right. a, that's a, a bold move. I appreciate it. I respect it. I'm moving Mandy into in discussion. It, Brad and, and Brad moves on to the kill list. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be such a Kill list move. has two votes, motherfucker. <laughs> can't go yet. <laughs> um... Hmm. Uh, somewhat in the same vein, I guess. I think I would like to cut Drive, a movie that has stunning visuals and a great uh, Ryan Gosling performance, but I feel like has maybe lost some of its sheen as time has gone on and maybe isn't as great as we once thought it was. Um, Who voted for Drive? I think it might have been me. I'm not sure. I don't even remember if it was on my list or not. I, I know I, I love the music. I love the cinematography. I love the the mood of that film. But I'm, I, you know, I won't fight for this one. All right. If we're going to talk about great introspective Ryan Gosling performances, First first Man should be on there. Wait, nobody nobody, on there. nobody put on their list. I, I didn't like First Man. All right. I well, am... We have Blade Runner, so it's okay. All right, guys, back to me. I'm going to cut one of these kind of obvious. Uh, with Endgame on our list, Infinity War should not be on our list. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm fine. Really? Infinity yeah. War is not a movie. It is, Infinity though. War. And it, it is like, it, it, it is the biggest. The We're going to talk big... about how OJ is not a movie. Infinity War is not a movie. Infinity it's War a... Is, is a movie. It has like one of the biggest cliffhangers of all time. People were going into that movie. I saw kids crying and leaving the theater. I, I feel like that is not only a monumental. Peter, like I'll make a kid point. cry right now. It doesn't make me a movie. <laughs> Sure. No, make, but, make but, you cinema, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, but Peter, I, I, 
What? It's, it's, it's good. It, it's it's a it's a good movie. I like it a lot, but Endgame is so much better. I End, Endgame is better, but so I'm better. fighting for this one. I think this deserves to. If you talk about the top 100 films of the decade, this deserves to be here. I don't think so, what Peter. Come on. What if we included Infinity War and Endgame as one slot? Yeah, they should be like. Is. Honestly, they should have just been. One I, I, movie. I'm fine with that if we want to cheat that. We're not cheating that. I'm moving Avengers Infinity War into in discussion, and instead I'm going to hurt someone else. Um, I don't know what Light Crazy is. What is Light Crazy, and why should it stay on this list? Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Light Crazy is Drake Doremus' uh, indie long-distance romance that stars Anton Yelchin and Felicity Jones and Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I, I saw it at Sundance, and it's one of those movies that stuck with me that, uh, that entire year. It's still one of my favorites. I, I think it's a very... Well done, piercing, hard hitting uh, indie indie romance that gets hits a lot of stuff that rings true about uh, those kinds of young relationships. Yeah, it's a great one, Brad. I was it, this movie means a lot to me too because I was dating my wife long or my then girlfriend now wife long distance when this movie came out and it was a big deal for us. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess if it doesn't have if I didn't even put it on my list, then I guess we can't fight it too hard. I also want to say, like crazy is great. I, I think it has one of like the greatest uh, endings for like a, a yeah. romance movie. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. All, all of you rushing to it now, but only Brad voted for it. So yeah. Brad, can we delete this one, or are you gonna fight for it? No, you can get rid of it. I feel I, I think that there's I, there's some other representation for s- similar kinds of of romance. Uh, there's and including a couple that I will fight for. So we can we can get rid of it. Okay. Uh... Let's keep doing this. This is actually really, really satisfying. That's fun. So Ben hurt someone else. This is great. Hurt me. Hurt me, Ben. <laughs> oh God. Let me see if I can pick one that I know is you, Jacob. Um, <laughs> I'm actually not going to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Life Animated should go because I've never heard of this before. And if I, somebody who writes about movies for a living, has never How even have you heard, never heard of about this movie. This movie? Then it probably shouldn't be on. I, I I don't know what it is either. I don't so. know this it's either, a, it's, actually. I, it's a really good documentary. I will I will defend Peter and say that I also like this. I'm not sure if it's decade worthy, uh, but P- Peter, go ahead and tell them what it's about. You guys don't watch documentaries. That's what, what the problem is. This, this is about a, a a child who, uh, what do you have? Uh, some kind of form of autism. Brad, is yeah, that correct? He was, he was autistic. I've seen this too. Yeah, and he he was unable to communicate with the outside world, and he learned. Uh, Chris is going to hate this. He learned through Disney movies a way to communicate with people and to actually get to the point where he could move out and live on his own. And it's a it's a heartwarming why, story. Why would I hate you? Think I'm like a monster, <laughs> Peter? God. No, I think it was probably the Disney connection. Yeah, the I Disney don't hate connection. Disney. I have nothing against Disney. You know, Except they're, you know, power grabs. I don't. I have nothing against their movies. I'm not a monster. Here's why I agree with this one being cut. This is a very good movie. The article about the same story, like the long form, like novel length article, is significantly better. Yeah, but it's by his father. Of... <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. I'm I'm fine with it. With it being cut, it was on my list, and I I do like how it uses animation throughout the documentary, and I think it is a touching story. But I feel like if some other more significant documentaries aren't on this list, then I'm not sure that this one should. But make I feel any... like I know there was one other documentary, but I feel like I'm the only one fighting for documentaries on this best of the decade list. I have a documentary on there. I have I 90 have to... the Gap. Yeah, yeah, I have the Look of Silence. It was hard for me to for, to cut some of the documentaries that I did have on my my larger list, like Won't You Be My Neighbor and whatnot. Uh, it's just I think it's just hard for documentaries to like 
really cut through and stay with you as long as some of these uh, narrative features do. All right, Peter, do you want to say goodbye to Life Animated, or should I move it to in discussion? No, you can say goodbye. Okay. So that brings us to Chris. Back around to you. Cut something. Uh, I'm going to pick something that it's a movie I really like, and I actually thought I liked it more than anyone else on the site, but I didn't put it on my list. I don't know who did, but that is Jojo Rabbit, which, again, I really like this movie. I think the weird controversy that sprung up around it is very unwarranted, and I don't really quite understand it. That said, I don't know if I would consider it best of the decade material. It's on my best of the year list somewhere, but it's not going to be best of the decade for me. Uh, that's me that put it on my list. And oh. yeah, and I, the reason it's there is, again, I love Tyka's comedy. And I think that this one especially just it's so relevant and has a lot to say and really cuts, you know, through like just all the bullshit that's happening today, especially with the fact that fucking Nazis are still a thing. Um, and I, and I don't know. I, I feel like this is one of those movies where, as time goes on, it'll probably become it'll have more staying power. But I can understand why maybe right now it's not best of the decade material since it only just came out a couple months ago. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I love this movie. Uh, hmm. There's the, my my hesitation is that there are a lot of other movies still on this list that I would be almost be upset if they made the list instead of Jojo Rabbit. Well, that's when you come in to cut them, Brad. You cut them all. <laughs> cut them all down. Well, how about we move JoJo into in discussion for now, then, Brad, if you feel that strongly? Yes, I think that's a good idea. Okay, Chris, slash something else. Ah, uh, shit. Um, all right. Let's cut Frozen. Let's get that out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Frozen's good. Frozen, good movie, great songs. It guys, has guys no we're going to have act. no animated movies on this list. We have two animated movies. So we're gonna no, have more. There's a couple more in the two nominees. More than none. <laughs> yeah, there's there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few more on the list. We have a, a Lego have... movie. We have Lego movie. Why don't we do that? Why, why, why don't we do an animation showdown right now? I no, I don't like that. I'm gonna fight for them later. <laughs> the other ones I'm I'm staying for. But, See, because uh, we know all of those are gonna be gone. Frozen is good. But it's one of the best Disney movies. It has. No third act. It just ends. It's like there's. And also, let's talk about how terrible the trolls are. They're yes, awful. awful. They, no one likes them. they get the last song. The trolls get the yeah. last song. That disqualifies Frozen from this yeah. list. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not. I'm not even a huge fan of Frozen. I'm just like I'm. I'm just trying to 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 champion animation as a medium that we are I like sorely like losing it from the last decade. We're like erasing animation from the last decade. I am a champion of animation too, but Frozen isn't even one of the best yeah, Disney Yeah, a champion of anim- animation so much that you like erased your name from from the world. <laughs> well, because I was probably going to be the only one to fight for it. Maybe, maybe me and Ben, but... Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, Peter, we have Into the Spider-Verse on the list already. It's not like we're ignoring animation. Uh, Spider-Verse is like one of the most <laughs> like influential, like significant animated yes, movies of the past 10 years. That's one out of 100 movies. <laughs> Inside okay, Out. Well, Inside Out. Also there. Two Inside out of 100. Uh, the will make this list because I'm going to fight Taylor for it. Taylor yeah. is... Yeah. I'm gonna fight. That's the one I'm fighting for. Yeah, my back dragon. Yeah, How to train your dragon. We have yeah, Lincoln. That's a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, go on. I, I, I'm not gonna fight for Frozen because I, I don't even love it. So, hey, hey Peter, can you say we're gonna let it go? <laughs> <laughs> you, I think you already said it. <laughs> okay. Uh, goodbye, Frozen. But that means this. Uh, Peter, your turn to cut something. Oh. Uh, oh wow, I was not ready. Um, what am I gonna cut? I'm gonna cut. Game night. I like it. I like it. I like you. Shut your mouth. (laughs) Who said that? You know what? I'm gonna cut uh, Green Room. No. 
<laughs> I feel like it's it, it's a good thriller, but it's not like anything exceptional. Mm, Green Room wasn't on my list, but I kind of want to fight for it. I don't know. Oh, it, it feels important because it's like it predicted what was coming and we didn't realize it. We're yeah, all... more more of the Nazi stuff. See, yeah, I think Green Room and Jojo Rabbit are the are two sides of the same coin. They're they're, they're companion films in an interesting way. Um, I one of the uh... reasons see, I I I love Green Room too, especially and a big part of it, like one of the reasons that is so memorable to me is I have not been able to shake that moment when Anton Yelchin's arm gets carved to hell. Because, oh man, is that his arm mangled after that scene. And it is, it was just so unsettling to me. I mean, but you, yeah, Peter, I, I'm really sorry. I, I'm not afraid. I'm not ready to let this one go. This is my Infinity War. I, I need to fight for this one. <laughs> Fine. So it goes in, uh, so where is it going? It's going in, in discussion. In discussion. So am I suggesting something else or is it going on? No, you suggest something else. Uh, okay, um... I'm going to say Looper because Looper is half a great movie and then half it's just at a farm and it kind of goes downhill. Oh, I kind of like the farm stuff the best, but yeah. yeah. I don't think it's even one of the best uh, Ryan Johnson movies. Yeah, I like Looper so, a lot, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm, cool, I'm cool with this being cut. Who voted for it? Um, Who nominated it? Is it me? It might have been. Yeah, it was me. Are you okay losing it, Ben? I am, yeah. Okay. All right. So next up in the rotation is uh, HD. I actually was going to cut Looper, so, hmm. Um, Game night. No. Shut (laughs) up. (laughs) I'm going to go with, uh, actually, I'm going to go with two, and one is going to be my own, that it's going to hurt me a little bit, but uh, I feel, I get the feeling it will make the list. That's Leave No Trace, a movie that I deeply, deeply love, and uh, it deals with sort of shared, um, inherited trauma, inherited, um, uh, depression and it stars um, Ben Foster, Thomas and McKenzie in this Deborah Granick directed movie about a PTSD suffering soldier who lives with his daughter in the forest and uh, that's the only life that she's ever known and suddenly they are discovered and thrust back into society. It's a really lovely movie that I just um, adore but it's a little bit quiet and a little bit on the um, uh, slower side, so I'm guessing it won't make the cut. So I'm leaving. I'm cutting. Leave no trace. That's my own. So I'm gonna go for another one that's not mine, and that will be dope. Uh, I want to fight for I, dope. I like dope a lot. I think it's a really funny. Again, you um, guys are cutting out the comedy from the last decade. Brad, get my back. Come on. Uh, I'm sorry. I do like dope. Oh. Um, I don't, but I, I, yeah, I'm not, I don't think it's best of the decade material. I, I have revisited it since it debuted at Sundance and it is still very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite on board with best of the decade yeah. stuff. Yeah. Peter, if you feel strongly, we'll move to the discussion. I'll have HTP again. So just let me know. <sighs> discussion. Okay. HG, uh, you should cut game night. Ah, uh, but game Stop. night is good. Stop. No, ga- no game, no game night is going to make it to the list. <laughs> Nice we we need comedies. Only we one need... person voted for it. <laughs> yeah, but ev- but everyone agrees that it, almost everybody agrees that it is great, and it is. It wait, is, wait, wait. It is... Who here says it shouldn't be on the list? I do. Uh, uh, I I probably vote what now. else is there? I don't know. So so we got two. So the... I love Game Night. Though. I, I love think it it's too. Such but... a fun, innovative comedy, and Rachel McAdams is so excellent in it. 
So I, I actually, think, I, think, yeah. I think everyone is so great. I think I think it does yeah. a great job of bringing like that sense of like a Fincher thriller to an R-rated comedy. It could have been such a basic, ridiculous comedy. It is so much better than it has any right to be. I think it's so smart and stylish and just great all around. But I think yeah. we only have two people saying it shouldn't be here. So why is it not on the list? Wait, right. what? Why is it not on the list, like on the actual list? Yeah, on the For the same list. reason dope isn't on the list. Like, but we just did... because one, you know. <laughs> no, but we had two people saying that it shouldn't be on the list. The rest did not say it shouldn't. Well, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what what well, are we doing. We just add it to the list then. Uh, all right, I'm putting right. game night on, on, on a discussion. H2, uh, so you got to pick something to, to kill here. Okay, all right. Uh, wait, what am I? I was thinking about something to cut, but I don't remember what it was. And I'm going to look again. Um. Oh, uh, the perks of being a wallflower. I love a coming of age uh, movie just as much as anyone else, and I think that book is superior to the movie which is fine but a little bit on the twee precious side um i think ezra miller is great in it emma watson is doing something but um <laughs> yeah I, I think it's just a fine movie and uh doesn't deserve to be best of decade there's another one of mine we just won't have any coming of movie uh, coming of age yeah. movies on the list guys what are you wait, talking what, about wait, 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 Sing Street hold, in there. wait hold on that's that's not uh, is, should there be two votes for that then because that was on my list too Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah. I think it was on my list. <laughs> if it wasn't, it was just cut off. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I promise you that the numbers here are accurate. I double-checked them. So someone uh, someone who thinks it nominated didn't. So, Brad, what do I you think, want to say? I think I think it's Peter because I'm looking at the list that I sent Jacob, and it's definitely on it. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I respect what HG is saying to an extent. I think that the criticisms of it feeling kind of twee and whatnot are just because of it's a product of the time in which it was created. And it's, it's a little bit nineties emo. Sure. But I think that's the idea. Um, I don't know. I, oh, this is a tough one. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's a, if there's some kind of, deep... I think if we cut lady bird, we should cut perks of being a wallflower because I didn't come in defense for Lady Bird, but I think it's a superior coming of age movie than the perks of being a wallflower. Um, I do agree with that statement. That's we can cut perks of being a wallflower. I'm fine. Okay. Well, Brad, you're trying to get revenge. <laughs> um, I would like to cut. Hmm. I think we can cut Columbus. <sighs> okay. Uh, I, I know That's HG, another one of mine I, that I knew I, was going to get cut. It's fine. I, knew, I know HG loves it. I know. I think Ben really likes it too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I really. Um. Like so yeah, I think that it's one of those where yeah, it it is good, but I think we can we can probably get rid of it and be fine with it uh, still representing the decade in a a fulfilling way. Okay, so I guess it's back to me. I'm going to cut one of my own and then someone else's. I want to go ahead and um, take a pillow and smother I Saw the Devil uh, while it's sleeping so it doesn't feel pain. Um, this is one of my, <laughs> Why is your language is... so violent? <laughs> <laughs> this is a Kim Ji Woon's uh, thriller. It's two and a half hours of some of the most insane horror action ever made. But has anyone else here even seen it? I have not. I have. Yeah, and Chris, do you, you don't think it'll make the top 100? I mean, it's... 
I don't know. I I, I didn't have on my list. It's so unrelentingly like brutal. I I don't I don't know how I feel about it honestly. So I I don't know. I don't think it probably would make it now. Yeah. Okay, and I'm, 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 I'm yeah. I've also seen it. I I I think it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I'm cutting. I'm, I'm sacrificing it. So no one get mad at me when I say the Muppets should go. This, I'm glad you said it because I was getting ready to. This is the one I would fight for. I got rid of being Elmo. You've been fighting for all of that. <laughs> no, I, no, I haven't. Almost every single, almost everything, single thing that's been cut has been my movies. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. Discussion, I guess, Jacob. I <laughs> keep yeah. the Muppets. I'll stand I up like for the, the Muppets. Muppets. I like Ingrid Goes West, Avengers: Infinity War. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Muppets is a good movie, but okay. In that case, I'm, I'm going to cut a movie that um, I'm sorry, I just haven't thought about it until I saw it get on this list. It's been years. I forgot it existed. And that's the Ides of March. Ah, uh, come on, Jacob. I, I, I honestly, I don't understand. I feel like this movie was not only underrated during the year they came out, but underrated now. And like, it is in a way it is a simplistic view of what we already know about politics, but I don't know. I I like the performances so much. And I think that it's just, it does this great job of delivering a movie just about how, like you just really can't have heroes and believe in anybody because everyone is going to go wrong at some point. Um, And I think that's even more, especially true. uh, It resonates even more today, but I mean, if I'm the only one that's going for it, I guess I understand. Yeah, but have you seen Kill List? <laughs> <laughs> I okay, have well, Kill List. Okay, well, uh, thanks for sacrificing the Ides of March, Brad. I, 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 I lost Moneyball. You lose Ides of March. We, we'll call it even. All right, so you guys want to start um, picking movies to keep again, or do you want to keep the rotation of Elimination going? <laughs> I kind of like the, re- the Elimination. It's, it's much it, more. It feels like it feels- more fun. <laughs> And it feels like we're making progress. Okay, in that case, it's back to me. Oh, I'm not talking about Eyes of March. That means it's back to Ben. Uh, I'm going to cut two movies that maybe I put on. Yeah, both of these are actually on my list, but I, I doubt very seriously that they're going to make it. Uh, that's Searching and Sorry to Bother You, uh, both movies that I really, really loved last year, and I've talked about them a lot on this podcast, so I'm barely even going to say anything about them now. I just, I really like these movies a lot. I think they're probably better uh for like uh movies of a year list than movies of a decade list but i just wanted to give them a quick shout out this is a super weird thing for me to say ben but i know how important searching is to you i just want to ask you are you sure you're, you're cool cutting this <laughs> yeah i'm i'm sure i'm i'm looking at a list of you know this huge list we have of all these movies and um as much as i love searching i just don't know if it can hang with a lot of these so uh yeah i wanted to be the one to get rid of them <laughs> okay so searching and sorry to bother you is it both your picks you want to pick somebody else's pick ben uh, sure. I'll pick somebody else's. Um, I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to pick Interstellar, which I think is Christopher Nolan's like weakest movie of the past few years. It's a movie that I was so excited for that. I didn't watch any marketing at all going into it. And I just, I sort of found uh, the visuals to If it, it made me feel like how I feel, um, a lot of non-Christopher Nolan's fans must feel all the time when they're just like, oh, it's just sort of a, a lot of spectacle, but not much else. Like there are some great emotional moments from Matthew McConaughey's character that that scene where he breaks down is like really, really good. But aside from that, I kind of feel like the movie is a little bit uh, empty, um, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. 
I think Chris voted for this one, right, Chris? I did, and Ben is wrong, but I will not <laughs> fight him on it. You can, you can I, cut it. I still. support Ben. I, you know what, HT? <laughs> I, I, I can see this one either way, honestly. Yeah, Interstellar is a, is a movie of great moments. There are individual scenes in this movie that stuck, uh, stuck with me. The scene where he wakes up and years have passed and he watches years of his family's messages mm-hmm. shatters me. It breaks yeah. me in. I remember my wife audibly bawling in the theater like she can't watch the movie ever again because of it. It's just – but I don't think the rest of the movie holds up to those individual scenes, and that's why I can't support it. Yep. All right. That was Interstellar. So, Chris, you're up. Uh, I'll I'll be nice. I'll cut one of mine, and that I'll cut Bridge of Spies, which I I love so much. It's such a fun movie. Uh, the script is is so uh, zippy. It just zips right along, and Tom Hanks is really good in it, and it's got that Spielberg sheen. But I I could I don't see that making the list ultimately. So go ahead and cut Bridge of Spies. It's really good, but Lincoln's better. Yeah. You want to cut someone else's? Uh, since you cut your own, Chris. Uh, uh, let's cut. No, I don't want to cut anything. Moved on. <laughs> okay, uh, so that brings us to uh, Peter. I'll cut one of my own, but uh, I, I want to make a pitch for cutting one and, and getting one on. Let's okay. see. And these are both ones I voted for. Uh, I, I'm going to vote uh, to cut off eighth grade. You guys are not loving the coming of age films this last oh, decade no, apparently i actually was going to support you with oh that. really i love eighth grade and i actually <sighs> regret not putting it on my own list i think i might change that later because i think eighth grade is so phenomenal it almost made it i cut it but i think i'm gonna put it back on and yes eighth grade deserves to be on there it's so real <sighs> and beautiful and moving and um has you know some real moments of horror that come from reality uh, i think it's just so perfect Damn you, HT! I can't get rid of my own movie. No, keep that one. I'm gonna fight uh, you for keep I'm it. Putting, I'm putting it eighth grade in the discussion. <sighs> okay. Um, I don't know. Then I can't make my case for the other thing. I think. Uh, what was your case? So tell us anyway. Uh, well, HT's not gonna agree with this one. Uh, <laughs> you were like, I was gonna push. To I was gonna support for a second, and then just... I was, and and I, but like, okay, my case, case was gonna be uh, Boyhood. Uh, the Richard Linklater film. This this is a film that like it is, you know, unprecedented. Like how many years that it was filmed, and it like, even though I I feel like it it, it is kind of like slanted in one view of things. It uh, it's just such a miraculous movie, and uh, it just it's such a joy. And I don't know. I I know we have another Rich, Rich, Richard Linklater film on here. I think. Right? Yeah, before, before, midnight. Before, before midnight. But I, I really feel like this is a cinematic achievement that should that is worthy of being on the top ten of or top one hundred of the last decade. Yeah, I mean, it has, I it has three votes. Yeah, it has three yeah. votes. I, I feel like it should be on the list too. I, th- I think Boyhood is bad, a bad movie. Oh, um, <laughs> Chris, go, go for I'm it. Not, I'm not. I'm not voting against it because I saw it had. I didn't even pick it because I saw it had three votes, so I figured it was a, a sure yeah. thing. But I do not care for Boyhood at all. Sorry. <laughs> Again, I actually prefer. I am actually... Oh, go ahead. I'm on the fence about Boyhood because it's a movie that I think is such a great experiment, but I also think that Richard Linklater pulled off that experiment so much better with the Before trilogy, right? Um, and with more resonance. And I think Boyhood, you know, is mostly just the experiment. But I'm also fine with it being on the list because I do think it is an achievement. But 
Uh, to add on to that, if we're going to have another male coming-of-age movie on the list, I think 8th grade should make it on to the list. How about we tie Boyhood and 8th grade together, put them both in top 100, and call it a day? Oh, not a day, but call it a coming-of-age day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I fine with that. that. I think that's fair enough. Because 8th grade barely missed the cut on mine, too. And and while you're at it, Jacob, you can get rid of Everybody Wants Some, which is the other Richard Linklater movie that I and only I had on my list, which I prefer to Boyhood ultimately because I think it's way more fun. But I think Boyhood makes more sense for the purposes of, the, of this list because of the cinematic achievement angle that we're talking about. I feel like it just seems like more appropriate to be on this list. So Yeah, I enjoyed the movie, but I was going to cut it next. So, <laughs> right, so was... Peter's... That was Peter's turn. Uh, HG, uh, let, let, let's open this up. I cut something. Ask pitch I need to keep. Let's do. You do you right now. Let's let's open this up. The funny thing is, I was actually gonna cut. Everybody wants some. So, <laughs> um, to fight for or to to cut, huh? Can do or both. both. Yeah, just, mm. just do it. Let's open this up. But this. Well, since we're talking about um, animated movies that we were cutting so much of before, I am going to fight for The Tale of Princess Kaguya, which I think is such an amazing achievement um, and one of the best movies of the past decade. It is a film that was inspired by woodblock printing as well as hand drawing. It's an achievement of animation. It's Isao Takahata's uh, last film before his passing, and it was just the pinnacle of his entire career. Um, he was one of the founding members of Studio Ghibli, and he always had the more sort of wacky, out-of-the-box style compared to Miyazaki. He did films like Pom Poco, which was about, like, uh, raccoons using their testicle sacs to... Um, transform into other to shapeshift and uh, <laughs> that movie had like a huge environmental message right it had a huge environmental yeah. message and the tale of princess kaguya is just this really really beautiful fable about an old a bamboo stock cutter and his wife who find a tiny princess inside a bamboo stock and decide to raise her as their own and um it's this really tragic really beautiful and moving story that is uh compounded by the gorgeous gorgeous hand-drawn animation that looks like ink brushes coming to life and i will fight for tale of princess kaguya and if you haven't seen it go watch it now if you don't like it you are wrong uh, I don't know HD, like it. this is the most beautifully animated movie i've ever seen yes it has the best animation of any film i've ever seen in my life it did not make my list but it made me cry in the theater I think about it often. I, I kind of regret not putting it on my list. I think this belongs in top 100. It is heartache in a two-hour movie. It is perfect. We need an anime, we need an anime on the list, damn it. And this is the anime to put on the list. <laughs> yeah. And I've never seen it, me? but yeah. uh, HG has never steered me wrong in this category before. So I just haven't gotten around to it. But I'm sure once I eventually see it, I'll believe that it belongs on this list. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but animation, yeah. <laughs> All right. Jacob, yeah, I hear no objections, so I'm adding it. Okay, next up is uh, Brad. Choose something to champion, something to cut. You choose. Uh, I think we had some hesitation to this at the very beginning, simply because we hadn't really gotten into much debating yet, and I think that it we all got a little bit nervous about cutting something so soon or putting something on the list as quickly. And I'm so I'm going to say that we need to have Whiplash on this list because it has four votes for Christ's sake, and it's a great fucking movie. Yes, I agree. Yeah, do it. All right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to me. Okay. Um, goodness, goodness gracious me. Uh, the Witch belongs on this list. Yes. In the top 100. I support this, yes. 
I know uh, I'm probably one of the few dissenting voices, and I don't dissent yeah. that hard. Um, I, I talked about this on the water cooler recently, so uh, I know you guys love this movie, and it makes sense for it to be on a group list, I think. But unless anybody else wants to like really go to bat against this movie, yeah. no, I'm in the I'm in the middle as well because I do think it's very very good, and I know uh, why you guys like it so much, even though I'm not quite as in love with it. But I I think it's a good representation of a different kind of horror that uh, probably deserves yeah. representation on this list. I, uh, Peter, do you have an opinion on this? Yeah, I dislike the movie, but I know how much you guys love this film. Okay. Uh, I appreciate you 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 stepping aside for one of the best movies of the past decade, Peter. In, in your opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Welcome to Top 100, The Witch. Uh, brings it back around to Ben. Ben, do you want champion or cut? Um. Well, let's see. I... I'm going to try for something that I don't know if it's going to work, but I want the Raid Redemption to be on this list. I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know, like, I'm looking, and I don't think we have any, like, martial arts movies on this uh, list so Wick. far. I guess that's true, yeah. Um, so if it gets ultimately bumped, I guess I won't be that disappointed, but I just really, really love this movie, guys. It's it's so inventive with its action, and, like, um, you know, it's a very, very basic plot. It's basically just, like, Die Hard on speed, and it is about this, you know, team of of special agents like going through or, or like uh, special forces going through a building and it is uh so like visceral and bone crunching and just um i don't know I, I i think about it a lot when i think of the best action movies of the past 10 years so uh i don't know i just figured i'd, I'd do a hail mary and see if we could get the raid redemption on this list here's why i think you've been maybe on something here which is not only is the raid redemption really really good even though i think some days i prefer the sequel uh but so often in our headlines, it'll be like, you know, this action movie adds one of the raid guys. The raid guys are doing this. It, those martial artists have left this like permanent thumbprint on modern action. Like they're even they're even in the John Wick movies. Uh, those guys. They're even in Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that this movie is like a genuinely important action movie. It changed the way people shot action for the past ten years. I am going to throw in my support, too, because it's a movie that I enjoyed but did feel kind of like a video game movie at some point. But I think that it's left such a monumental impact and it affected like action movies uh, to come and really put Southeast Asian martial arts on the map. So I, I will say that I think it deserves a spot. I want to say that I'm torn because I do really, really like The Raid Redemption, but I think The Raid 2 is so much better. That's interesting. I I prefer the first one because it's so much more like simple and like to the bone. And I feel like the second one kind of loses its way with its ambition. But I I can appreciate like uh, acknowledging that ambition and and you know somebody liking that movie more than the first one. Yeah. But for me, I think the first one is just like the simplicity works so beautifully in it. But yeah, I I love the first one. I saw it at the Toronto International Film Festival when it first debuted, and the sequel is trying to be too much of like The Godfather or something. Um, I mean, the, the sequel is like The Departed with martial arts, and that's why I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I would vote for having The Raid Redemption up there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's good to have it on there, simply because, simply because you guys did say it. It has been very influential, and honestly, we couldn't have The Raid 2 without The Raid Redemption, so why not? All right, The Raid Redemption enters the top 100. Uh, next up in rotation, Chris, do you want to cut or champion? I'm going to champion, and I I really, really want uh, Carol to be on here. Carol is just a gorgeous, uh, romantic movie from beginning to end. This movie, uh, I remember when I first saw it at a screening, I, like the moment, that very last scene 
it left me like lightheaded of how just well executed it is and the score is phenomenal and and Kate Blanche and Rooney Mara are so good together and I I really love Carol. It's one of those movies I revisit pretty much every year cuz it's it's sort of like a default Christmas movie cuz it's set at Christmas. It's it's a big deal for me and I I really would like it to be on the list. Yeah, Carol makes my heart swell. I love this movie. I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. I have also seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, wow. I saw it and just kind of liked it, but didn't love it. But I think, uh, I think ultimately I'm, I'm on the side of it being on here because uh, Chris and Jacob love it so much. I agree. Why don't you guys marry it? I would. (laughs) I would would marry Carol and I would marry Moonlight. I would marry uh, Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the rest of this episode. It's just Jacob listing movies. Oh, the movie he marries. We're gonna have a ceremony. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, is, is Carol making it to the top hundred, guys? I think it is, right? I think I'm yeah. fine with that. Okay, Carol. All right. Next up in the rotation is Peter. What am I doing? Am I nominating or am I? You're choosing something to cut or choose something to put in top one hundred. You you choose. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna push for you know I cut fifty fifty. We've been cutting a lot of comedies, and I cut fifty fifty, which was a uh, comedy about sickness. Uh, I wanna I wanna nominate the big sick. I feel like we we need a sick comedy on this list, and this is the best sick comedy of the last <laughs> decade. Yeah, I, I, arguably one of the best rom coms of all time. Yeah, I'm uh, this. I'm the other one who put this on my list. I'm in full support of this, and not even just because of, of it being a sick comedy, but because I think that this is a unique romantic comedy in that it is very progressive in representing uh, a different culture that we're not used to seeing on screen. Uh, I love that it is such an authentic romantic story um, between Kumail uh, and Zoe Kazan, representing his real wife Emily Gordon, and this movie is just—it's so funny and heartbreaking and uplifting and and all of these things it is just it's magnificent it should definitely be on this list i support it yeah i didn't vote for it but i think this movie is really wonderful and i i do think we need some proper rom-com representation on this list Mm, no i'm not gonna fight it (laughs) (laughs) i actually don't really love this movie that much but i will not fight it now all right so that is the big sick uh, I think next up notation is HT. Wait, I, I do have a question. Is this the only yeah. romantic comedy that's going to make the list? Well, I'm going to fight for another romantic comedy, even though uh, I actually didn't vote for it. Yeah, Lincoln? Not if I have anything to Lincoln. say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have Before Midnight, which is arguably a romantic comedy. Uh, <laughs> her, maybe? You could her. kind of quasi... Well, I'm going to fight for a romantic comedy that I didn't put on my list, but I really adore, and that's About Time. That's the uh, Richard Curtis film that stars uh, Donald Gleason, Rachel McAdams, and I remember watching this and being really caught by surprise by how much I loved it. It's a time travel movie about a young man who discovers that genetically he can go back in time to any time in, in his life. Uh, lifetime and uh redo things and he does that to basically meet the love of his life and fall and uh uh woo her and everything and do like random small things uh but he finds that he can't change some of the more um dramatic moments of his life and ends up appreciating life even more so as he goes along and it's a really lovely film that um i think deserves to be on this list yes 
HT, yes, this was on my list. I love this movie. It is, uh, I love time travel in general, but in this movie, it's it's such a brilliant use of it because it's so quaint. They don't really take much time to like deal with any of like the the rules, except just a few things here and there. And it the focuses squarely on the characters and Domino Gleason and Rachel McAdams are so wonderful together. And I just, I think this has so much to say about just how to appreciate life and live day by day. Um, and with no regard really for like lingering on on the past, which seems weird because it's a movie about a guy who does go back and fixes things in his life. But it's those kinds of things that help him realize like, you know, the things that there are to cherish, even in the face of uh, adversity and struggle. It's a good movie. I, I, uh, I love good. this movie. I love this movie. I agree yeah. with you guys. I think it should definitely be on there. I have no hatred in my heart for it. I can't. I'm not going to block it. I don't, I'm not like enthusiastic, but I'm also not going to say no. Jacob, when's the last time you watched this movie? Well, my wife loves it. It's been a few years, maybe two okay. or three years. Yeah, especially all that has happened since say oh 2016. I think it's a good movie that helps get through some pretty annoying things that have happened since then. Uh, I think it's uh, Richard <laughs> Curtis's best movie since the 90s. So yeah. he yes. really, yeah. yeah. I see. Hear from Chris. If Chris gives us his, his yay or nay, uh, it's a it's a very sweet movie. I I don't really I don't think I would include it, but I don't have anything against it. No. Okay, let's put about time up in there. Uh, Brad, you are up next. Um, boy, do I want to champion or do I want to cut? Do I want to champion or do I want to cut? I think I want to cut, and I think I would like to cut Anomalisa. Um. Ooh. Uh, yeah, okay. Can, can I say why I love it, then cut it immediately? Absolutely. Uh, I think Charlie Kaufman is a brilliant filmmaker, and Namalisa gives him such control. This is a stop-motion animated film. He gives him control over his worlds in a way that you can see him reaching for in his other work. And it uses stop-motion animation to depict so many small human moments and asks us to really examine animation and the performance of animation in a way that most animated films don't because animation is so flashy and full of colors that when asks us to examine things like intimacy and human interaction and a guy walking down the hallway or a man having a breakdown or two people chatting in a hotel room, it asks us to really wonder and explore and think about how human beings exist and what are we if not puppets and it's an incredible film, but I'm the only one who voted for it, so I'm going to uh, take it out behind the barn. <laughs> this is such a Jacob movie, yeah. by the way. But by, by the way, I, I think we can only realistically cut like ten or fifteen more movies before we're at a hundred. Yeah. So we may as well well want to like start championing championing things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how, how about um since Brad cut, how about I champion one now? Yeah. Yes. Um, I think Green Room. I'm going to double down Green Room, guys. I. I think that it is Jeremy Saulnier is a master and he's making all he's four for four at this point. He, this is his best movie. Uh, I'm just trying to think of a movie that better sums the past decade than being young, than young people trapped in a building with Nazis who want to kill them. And it is such a simple premise, but delivered with such perfect execution, uh, pun intended because the movie is violent as hell. This movie, it, it, it rattles my nerves thinking about it. It is one of the best thrillers I've ever seen. And I think Saulnier needs to be on this list. Uh, I think I think he is a vital filmmaker to the past decade. Mm. I think it's a good thriller and really, really well executed. But I do think it's very small. And I wonder if that's why I'm just kind of holding back a little bit. Because it feels just like, it feels like it's confined in that 
little room in a way that the scope of it. But then I guess like the Nazi element does bring it more to the forefront. So I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence about it. Patrick Stewart is so good in that movie. He is. He is. And Anton Yelkin is great. Uh, Imogen Poots. Just a, a laundry list of people who are good. I mean, I would support it, but I don't know if anybody else will. I, I, I support it. Put it on there. Put it on there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> HT America is the green room. Thing, <laughs> and we're all trapped in it. We're all trapped in the room. Oh, my oh. God. I get it now. Yeah. yeah see, I, I think that I like this movie more than enough movies on the rest of the list that I think that I can approve it as well. All right, I'm going to move it unless there's no objections. Green Room, welcome to the list. I love you. I'm willing to make some other sacrifices because you guys allowed this one in. Okay, Ben, it is your turn. <laughs> I want to fight one more time for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I know we had this whole conversation yesterday and it just got moved to in discussion, but hearing you talk, Jacob, yesterday about Call Me By Your Name and the reasons you love that movie, every single one of your requirements and, and reasons that you fell head over heels for that film apply maybe even in a, a better executed way to Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, and uh, I don't know if it's I, better I knew, than Call Me By Your Name, but I... I, I, I think it is. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was going to get some pushback from HT. I, I really think that this movie, if it makes it on this list, I realize that it's going to be like number 100 on our group list because I'm going to vote for it really high and nobody else is, but I really think that it deserves to be you know even in like the bottom uh little sliver of the of our percentage of our group top 100 list it's such a hc i think you called it like a a ravishing movie um it is my god i mean it's it's one of the most beautiful films i've seen in a long long time i mean like extending back even further than 10 years so i i would say say it's one of the most moving and best love stories of this entire century so i i feel like it has to go on this list, but I don't know. Right, ben, I think you... I'm going to throw my support for Ben because I do like it better than a couple of the movies that are on our list. So Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I, Ben has won me over with this yesterday. He won me over again today. I, I, I Ben's been very gracious <laughs> with this conversation, <laughs> and I, 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 I want to make sure our film is this, this important to him is on the list. I think we can cut it if we can say Fast Five is cut, or we can put it on a Fast Five is cut. Oh, yes. Let's do that. I agree. <laughs> Damn oh, it, goodness. Brad. Why did you have to introduce this ultimatum? <laughs> I almost no, said it no. without making a... If a... we cut Fast Five, maybe we can put two Mission Impossible movies on there. Yes, I like <laughs> that idea, too. I support this. All right. You know what? I, I'm going to agree with all of this. I'm going to say Portrait makes it, Fast Five goes, and two Mission Impossibles go. But I don't know if I have like some sort of ultimate say over this. <laughs> really? but, you know, I was the person who was fighting a lot for these things, and I... I think I'm okay with that deal in the long run. All right. Uh, how about, okay. <sighs> I, 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 at this point, I'm cool just trying to get this list down. So if Ben, the only person who's really passionate about Fast Five, is cool with getting this. I was also it. passionate about Fast Five. but oh, okay. Wait, how, how about this? How about this? Every movie in discussion gets moved to our list. That's Fast Five, Phantom Thread, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout, Ingrid Goes West, Mandy, Avengers Infinity War, Jojo Rabbit, Dope, Game Night Muppets. No. 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 Sorry. That's uh, that's too much of a slap in the face. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get rid of Fast Five. That's what we all want. We all agree. I I, I want Fast Five. I mean, I I do too, but I think I'm willing to get rid of it if we put two Mission Impossibles in. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And if Fallout is one of those two. (laughs) How about Fallout and Ghost Protocol? Yeah, I agree with that. I think so. Fine. All right. 
Welcome to Mission Impossible movies, guys. Who, who this Yay. is? Yeah, there, there they are. <laughs> okay, so that was Ben. Uh, Chris, what do you nominate? Uh, I'm going to nominate Selma. Um, first of all, it's a phenomenal movie. Um, it, it, one of the things that most impresses me about it is, even though it's about you know Martin Luther King Jr., they were not able to get the rights to his speeches, so they had to basically make up their own. But they sound so accurate that it, you you barely notice. And on top of that, we have very, very few female-directed films on this list, and I would like to change that. So I, I, I vote for Selma to go on the list. Selma's really good. I can't say no. I like it, too. I think the point Chris is making is that if you don't vote yeah. for Selma, you're a sexist and you're racist. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, <laughs> can, if you can, don't, can, can I will I... cancel you on Reddit. <laughs> I said yeah, we like, do it. I, just thinking back to that movie and how David Oyelowo like was not uh, taken more seriously as a performer and his performance wasn't more lauded is kind of I mean talking about a slap in the face like he was so good in that film. Yeah, he should be like in every movie now and he's not and it's it's like insane because he's so good in that. But he's the second bad guy in Jack Reacher. Oh, <laughs> I stand <Yeah>. corrected. <laughs> All right, I still up with the top one hundred because we need to have it there. Uh, Peter, what are you going to do? Uh, what am I going to do? That's a good question. Um, you know what? I, I want to move things along. I, I have a pitch to you guys. There's okay. three movies on the nomination list that have three votes. And those movies are Gravity, Hugo, and what else am I missing here? Oh, Moana oh. and Steve Jobs. So four, four right. movies. I say let's just push it up there. Like half of us put it on our list initially. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with that, honestly. I, I like all those Steve movies. Jobs. Steve Jobs yeah. rules HT. It is so good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'll I'll fight for Steve Jobs to the death. All right, that's fine. Yeah, I think Peter, that's a really good compromise. So let's move on. Uh, Steve Jobs. Um, let's see what the other ones. Um, Hugo Moana and Moana. Yeah. Another win for animation. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Moana. Um, I liked it when I first saw it. I love it now. It's really, really grown on me. I think the songs are terrific. The acting is great. I love the, the message and the story. It is a wonderful movie. And uh, so good. I, I think Moana it. really captures that old school Disney spirit um, that just makes my heart sing. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's something that feels so warm and comforting. It's a delightful um, film. It's a delightful delight. film. And I... it has the, has the best soundtrack of any of the modern Disney animated movies. Suck it, Frozen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, Hugo is just a... So different from Scorsese's other work. Just a loving tribute to film and filmmakers. And Gravity is just an experience, man. Like, I will never forget seeing Gravity in theaters in 3D. Yeah. I love Gravity. I was surprisingly touched by Gravity, too, because it is such a technical achievement. But it is something that, again, is about how humanity can rally together and um, save each other. All right. Uh, HD, uh, speaking of saving, uh, it's your turn to pick something. Uh, am, oh, this is something that I should have done a long time ago. Paddington 2. I love this movie. Love, love, love it. I think it's one of the best movies of the decade. I think it's a basically a perfect film. And it's something that is just so nice and delightful. And um, as uh, as our favorite Paddington Bear uh, says, if you're kind and polite, the world will be right. And this is a movie that really teaches that as well as gives us one of the best, actually a career best Hugh Grant performance, who is having a ball in this. It's so well-directed. It's so candy-colored and fun. And uh, if you vote against this, then you hate life. Yes. You hate the fun things. Pat I'm, the the other, 
I'm the other vote for Paddington on the list already. So yes, I agree with this. Yeah. That should be in there. Alright. Yeah, I can't begrudge the bear. And see, that's animation, sort of. It's got an animated bear in it. See? We're good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh Brad, you're up next. Ooh. Um hmm. <laughs> I Alright, yeah, I'm gonna go I'm just gonna go to bat and going for it. Pop star, never stop, never stopping. Yeah. It's, it's freaking funny. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. It's freaking really funny. Funny, brilliant. The so- the songs alone are reason enough for it to be considered the best of anything this decade. Uh yeah, just just hilarious. So, so fantastic, so funny. I've watched this movie countless times since it came out. Uh people shouldn't have slept on it. This this movie is easily one of the best comedies of the decade and one of the best movies of the decade. I'm the other person who voted for it, so I throw my full support behind everything Brad said. I didn't vote for it, but it is by it's definitely in the top five funniest films of the decade. It's really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if, if we need comedies on this list, that, that needs to be on there. Chris, I haven't heard from you, I don't think, have we? Uh this movie is hilarious. I, I don't know if I'd include it, but put it on there. Put it on there, I say. Yeah. I, I'm I'm proud to have Popstar on our list. Okay, guys, it's my turn. I'm gonna propose something. I think Mandy or Kill List belongs on this list. Kill List has more support right now. I'll, as a group, let us cut one and keep one. <laughs> I actually would vote for Mandy. I haven't seen Kill List, so I don't really know, but I think Mandy's is so bonkers and so wild, and it would be really interesting to have Mandy on our list, just as like a statement. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's something that really just shocked me. Well, not shocked me, but just uh, wowed me in the theater. So. Uh, ben, I, I, kill us or, or Mandy? God, it's such a tough call because, like, Mandy, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that has been, like, more dripping with, like, pure style than Mandy. It's, like, totally off on another planet. But Kill List gave me, like, this this dread that I've never felt before walking out of the theater. Um, the ending of Kill List is, like, one of the most impactful things I've ever experienced in a theater. So it's really, really tough for me to choose uh. here. Uh, Peter, do you have an opinion on this one? I have not seen either of those films, but I would say from the outside looking in, having seen all the marketing and stuff, I feel like Mandy is it. But I, I've after hearing what Ben said, I don't know. I'm not sure anymore because. Of... Uh, okay, uh, Chris, do you have an opinion here? I'm kind of where Ben is, where they're both so unique. I think I would probably lean more towards Mandy just because it's the more visually stunning, I guess. But they're both such. <laughs> I've I've never seen anything like either of those movies, so th- it's very hard to narrow it down between those two. But I I would probably just tiny bit more towards Mandy. I think and you're then, right, Chris. I think it's more. I think Mandy is more movie, and therefore maybe it should go on this list. <laughs> what if? What if? <laughs> you're gonna try to go for both, aren't you? We put Mandy and Kill List what? on the list. <laughs> I have no objection to that. Put it on there. I, I will say. cut. I will cut two of my favorites. What, what are your two yeah, favorite? Yeah, ones. wait a yeah, second here. I will cut Melancholia. Uh, really? Uh, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, and I'll cut Suspiria. Mm, I, man, I kind of want to fight for Melancholia just because it's a movie that literally kills everyone on the planet, and it's kind of it's hard to like. 
it's hard to hate a movie that does that. I've I, never I, seen it, but I'm not mad about being spoiled if that's well. It's literally literally the first scene shows the the planet exploding, and then the rest the rest of the movie is a flashback. So you know, like ten seconds in. That I haven't seen does. Melancholia either, but I've seen it on so many best of lists that I don't think we should take it out of contention completely. Uh, Melancholia is such a great exploration of like living with depression it's also about blowing up the world that i don't know it's i i, I really kinda... like neon genesis evangelion so much jacob you know they, they are definitely compared they're, they're their companion pieces for sure so i guess the answer here is to put all three of them up. <laughs> yes that's it <laughs> that's the solution uh... but i am on. fine with cutting suspiria because as much as i love the third act i do think it is really slow to get there yeah, I, I really like Suspiria. I just think everything with Tilda Swinton as the old man sort of drags it down. I wish it weren't in the movie. And, and if that weren't in the movie, it would be, I would fight for it to be on here. Yeah, we already had that director um, represented already with Call By Your Name, so I'm cool cutting it. So I'm going to move Melancholia up to um, in discussion right next to uh, Jackie and, uh, I'm sorry, not Jackie, uh, Killis and Mandy. Um I would put a strong push on Mandy, Killis, and Melancholia all making this list, but I'm being selfish. I I actually would not disagree, but I'm also kind of of the same mindset of you as you, so I don't know. I like I, I Mandy think... and Killis a lot, so I mean, you're you're not coming at this completely alone, Jacob. I, I like that, Mandy. So. I think Melancholia is. Okay, I'm gonna make my my very quick pitch for all three of these. Mandy is the perfect distillation of style. Uh, Killis is the perfect distillation of. Uh, Mystery and Melancholia is a perfect distillation of character. They are three ex- experimental, odd genre films that use their uh, use like thriller, science fiction, and horror to really go deep in a way that so many other films do not. I think I think all three of them are are our favorites of mine. That's a really good pitch, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, yeah I'm I'm alright with it. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm fine with with whatever. Okay. <laughs> I, I haven't seen them, so I like. There's no. Now that I've added Mandy, Kill List, and Melancholia, I've used up all of my goodwill sauce. So the rest of this podcast is going to be me not asking for favors because. So that's it. I'm done. <laughs> Ben's back to you. Uh, what about Attack the Block, guys? Um, this movie is so much fun. It introdu- It starts out, it does something that I don't think I've ever seen before, where it starts out by making its protagonists villains and then slowly making you come around to their side as it goes. And I can't think of another movie that really pulls it off, or at least pulls it off as efficiently and, and effectively as uh, Attack the Block does. It, it, you know, it launched John Boyega's career, um, the South London accent, the hilarious dialogue. I mean, this is just like, it's a movie I think about a lot. It came out in 2011, and it should have made Joe Cornish, the writer-director, like a massive star. And it did put him on a bunch of lists to possibly direct stuff. Um, but I, I think he's only made like one movie since then, But and which is a real shame. But I, I think this movie uh, is like, you know, talk about, it's like the perfect blend of, uh, you know, Amblin-style comedy kind of stuff without being obnoxiously Amblin in its referencing. Um, and it stands alone as like a really great sci-fi movie with a terrific creature design. It's like one of the best um, alien creatures I've ever seen with these dark, uh, like totally pitch black creatures that have glow in the dark teeth. Um, so anyway, I, I love this movie a lot. Yeah, Attack the Block mm. rules pretty hard. 
I like Attack the Block, but I don't know if it's best of the decade worthy because I think it's a really solid, really fun, and uh, surprisingly emotional sci-fi uh, monster film. But I don't know if it's better than even a couple others uh, that aren't on this list. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't give my support for it completely. I'm more for it than against it. Uh, I I don't love this, but Ben's pitch just now really sold me on it, so I'm going to say yes. I am on the fence because I really do like this movie, but I also like HT. I'm not entirely convinced it's best of the decade material. All right. With one third of us on the fence and putting it in discussion, uh, Ben, you have the other the backup nomination? Yes. What about Cloud Atlas, which is like, I'm just going, I'm swinging for the fences here, guys. Like Cloud Atlas itself. This movie is basically just like an avant-garde action movie. It's like a hundred million dollar independent film. It is jaw-droppingly ambitious. It is uh, like one of the biggest and most like um, impressive movies I've seen in terms of like narrative scope that it spans thousands of years. And there's cross cutting between all of these different storylines that, um, you know, all the individual storylines are fine, but it's the, it's the connection. It's the cross cutting the through line between all of them that really makes the movie special and makes it sing. Um, I think the performances are all outstanding because it asks the actors to do so much. They all play so many different types of roles and even like different genders. And I mean, it's such a flu it's from the Wachowskis and it's such a fluid, um, just kind of, uh, all encompassing story. Um, and that the action is really good in it and it, the music and, uh, God, that trailer, I don't know if you guys remember that first trailer for yeah. cloud Atlas, but it was like six minutes long or something. And it's, it stands as a work of art on its own. So, um, anyway, what, what about it, that? It, cloud it, Atlas? If something, yeah. if something as batshit as Mandy can make it on the list, this should be on the list as well. <laughs> yeah. Cloud Atlas is so, <laughs> it's definitely like a kitchen sink movie where it's like everything happening at once that you can't imagine anyone else making. And I don't know. Yeah, there's like, there's like sci-fi action on like, uh, on, on, you know, flying space vehicles. And then there's old people escaping from like a, <laughs> an old person's home. Like it's, it's definitely like one of the most ambitious, like studio movies of the last decade. So I, I would, I would agree with it. Yeah. I, I've been I, I, laughing about it, but I actually haven't seen it, but I know oh, the people who have. I, I think you'd like it, H2. Yeah. By, by the way, it's the kind of movie that I was driving with a friend the other day, and he told me it was the worst movie he's ever seen. So wow, it, it's what? that it's that kind of movie. That it, I think it's so divisive and so ambitious. And so, yeah, I, I think it should be on there. Yeah, uh, I was at the world premiere of this Fantastic Fest, and I was bowled over by it. And I, I don't think it, it, it works entirely, but – even the things that don't work are still like home run swings, you know. I, I I admire that so much. It has to be on the list. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to Chris. Uh, I will be diplomatic here, and I will pick a comic book movie because I didn't have a single comic book movie on my actual list. But I will pick Logan because uh, that's a movie I went to see that with zero expectations. I don't think really any of the X-Men movies are that good to begin with. So I went into this just like, eh, and I left the theater like, holy shit, that was a real movie. It was something I wasn't expecting. And, you know, it, it grafts this, you know, Western uh, iconography onto, you know, this superhero story. Hugh Jackman is, is fun. It's like the best he's ever been in this role. 
it's emotional. I, I really liked Logan more than pretty much any other comic book movie of the decade. So I would vote for that. I'd approve yeah, it. I can't, yeah. Oh, I, I was one of the ones who voted for it. And uh, yes, I agree. Yes, I also had this on my list. And I, I definitely want it on there because I, it's this this movie uh, really pulls at your heartstrings. It is, uh, it's not your typical comic book movie. Um, it's, yeah, it's, for all the reasons Chris said, yeah, I really just can't say anything more about it. It is, it's fantastic. It's really good. I like it too. All right, Peter, you're up. Um, okay, I think this might be the last pitch that I give that is a film that only I had on the list. So this will be the, the last tough one, I think. Maybe? Fingers crossed? I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I feel like the advancement in visual effects in this movie of portraying a, a character, you know, a, an animal character with motion capture, uh, and it's just such a smart, uh, you know, big blockbuster in the style of like, you know, what like Nolan does, like some of the some of the cinematography and shots in this are just like amazing. Uh, it, uh, you know, makes you care about the apes, it makes you care about the humans. It makes you uh, I don't know. I, I, I really think this is the best of, of that series. Uh, sadly, the third installment, I don't think uh, was as good, um, but this one had more to say, I think. I disagree with your opinion on the third one, but I am in support of this movie being on the list. I am yeah. also in the support because I do agree. That I think this is the second one is the best one. It has the scope of a Greek tragedy, and I love that it pulls that off and is able to do that with these uh, motion capture apes. And um, it's just such a phenomenal technical achievement as well as like a great uh, story that's done executed so well. That was maybe the most surprising trilogy of the entire decade for me. Um, and I think this is the only movie from that trilogy that's on this list. So I'd be okay if one of those made it. Yeah, it's the best Ace movie overall. I mean, including the original one from the 60s. It's it's pretty great. Chris? Which one is this? Is this, <laughs> is this the one with James Franco or the one with Jason Clark? Because I think the uh, Jason Clark one is better. Jason yeah, Clark. Yeah, that's what this one is. All right, then yes, I have no problem with that. One of the best franchises, but also the worst titles. Yeah, I can never get them straight. But yeah, I do think. Yeah, this is about Matt Reeves' one. Yes, what I love about this movie is it's it's a Planet of the Apes movie that's also about gun control, and I love that it has that like very subtle message about guns being a bad thing, and I, I think that's really ballsy to put in a you know big blockbuster. So yes, yeah. put it on there. All right, it is on there, uh, HT. All right, I'm going to make my second bid for Phantom Thread because <laughs> I think this is a movie that really deserves a spot on this list. Uh, my argument is it is the compliment to Gone Girl in telling this really toxic, codependent relationship that only exists in contention against each other and but in symphony with each other as well. And I think that it it almost it casts it in a more romantic light, but at the same time, it doesn't try to say that this is a romantic movie. It's a movie that's about um, two people who are made for each other, but in the worst way. And it's so funny and it's so good, and I really love it. And I want it to be on the list. Look, at this point, this late in the second podcast, yeah, but fans are on the list. 
I would like to be on the list too. Yeah, I'm actually for it, especially since we uh, um, we cut. What was the PT PT Anderson movie we cut? Uh, Inherent Vice. Yeah, I think that this movie is way better than that. First of all, and I it came close to making my list, and now that we've fleshed out more of the list, I'm comfortable with putting it on there. Yeah. Yeah. I know Peter hates it, but yeah, Peter, <laughs> I give you my. I I was. I supported you so much for eighth grade, and uh, what was the other one I supported you for? I can't remember. I was, was trying to get rid of eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, and I, I came in and and I helped and I saved it for you. So sure. Do you mean this song? Yeah. Phantom Dread. Okay, Brad, it keeps rolling. All right, Jacob, buckle up because you're going to be in this fight with me. Oh no. Twenty One Jump Street. Oh, it's so good. No, no, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm too tired to fight. But no, I, I this like this movie, one. This movie is so great because there are so many movies that were based on TV shows that tried to parody the original in a way like that felt more like an uh, an homage with the same you know wardrobe and characters and knots the original. And this one doesn't do that so blatantly. But but the point when it does make that nod, it does it in such a hilarious, clever, and shocking way that that moment alone with Johnny Depp and the reveal and connection to the original 21 Jump Street franchise is so good. But just besides that, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum surprised the hell out of me by being this incredible comedic team. I hated Channing Tatum as an actor until I saw 21 Jump Street, and then I absolutely loved him. Uh, this movie is is super funny. The sporting cast is outstanding too because it's got Dave Franco and Brie Larson. Um, I just I think this movie is hilarious and it was the the start of Phil Lord and Chris Miller's uh, brilliant approach to comedy that has a little bit of some meta sharpness to it without being too cheeky for its own good. Yeah, I think we can't talk about a decade without talking about uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller and the fact that. They just dominated this decade. They became like two of the most recognizable voices, the guys who made good movies out of bad concepts, and that just, that just extends to everything they they touched. And you know, Spider Verse should not have worked, and they were producers on that, and it did. Jump Street movies, Lego Movie. Uh, if we're gonna have a a full directed Lord Miller movie on the list, and we should, Twenty One Jump Street is the pinnacle of. Let's take the worst, most cynical idea imaginable and make it friggin' hysterical. <laughs> I think uh, I go in there. I think the Lego movie actually applies better to that last sentence that you just said, but I, I kind of feel I, like I think both, both of those should be yeah. I think both yeah. should be on there, yeah. I'm glad everyone is saying that because I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah, how about we do a Lord Miller double feature, 21 Jump Street and Lego movie both on there? Yes, yep. I think so. Yeah. Okay, I am adding those right now. Welcome to the list. Chris Lord and Phil Miller, their third appearance on this list and well-earned if you ask me. Okay, for mine, I'm going to propose something drastic to keep this rolling. I'm going to propose an, an A24 series of films being allowed all together in one group. I think Ex Machina. I think Moonlight. I think Hereditary. Sorry, I'm trying to... Uh, and First Reformed should all be brought in together. I like all of those movies a lot, so I'm okay with that. I would be for that if we swap Hereditary for Midsummer, which I actually think is a better movie from the same I director. Agree I agree. Chris, because I put Midsummer on my list. Too. And I love Hereditary, but I think Midsummer is actually right. better. I yeah. voted for Hereditary in my personal. I think I did not vote for Midsummer. I think we should get at least one Ari Aster on here, and I'm cool with that swap. Yeah, I had that same voting structure, Jacob, where where I did Hereditary but not Midsummer, but I'm also okay with that swap. Okay, uh, how about we delete Hereditary then? Because we'll, we'll shout Hereditary. 
one of the most intense, upsetting horror films of the, of the decade. But maybe Midsummer has more to say. I think so. Um, yeah. yeah, shout I out. Think, Pour well, one out for I Tony Collette have, and Hereditary. I think, oh, sorry, I think they have a lot to say about different things, but uh, I I love Midsummer a lot more, and I think it just touches me more personally. But Hereditary, great family drama. <laughs> okay, so uh, Ex Machina, First Reformed, Midsummer, and Moonlight, I think are all examples of how A24 dominated the indie scene this decade. Like, what great different, what, what great movies, and what movies that couldn't be more different from each other? You know, but all you see the A24 logo in front of these movies and you go, oh, I know what I'm in for because I know I'm in for quality and for something different. And I think these four movies like really represent that. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay, Ben. Uh, I'm going to cut two movies that I had nominated just because I know we're we're running a little long here. Uh, I'm going to cut If Beale Street Could Talk because I, I think I'm the only person that I know who likes that movie more than Moonlight. Um, I but, actually... But I, I'm only going to say I, I like it more than Moonlight, too, but I love Moonlight as well. Yeah, I think because Moonlight just made it in, I, it's going to be tough to get if, uh, Beale Street in there as well. Um, but I, I just I love what Barry Jenkins did with that story. It's so moving and, and this it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous tactile movie. Um, and then The Final Girls is another one that I'm going to cut. I, I'm surprised that Brad didn't have this on his list. I suspect it probably came close but didn't quite make it. Yeah, it was tough. I, I do like this movie a lot because it's like a horror version of Last Action Hero that's maybe just a little bit more clever and has more heart to it. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was. I just barely missed it. Yeah, I, I put it on here knowing full well that it was never actually going to make this list, but I just wanted to give it, uh, you know, the proper um, shout out in this context and maybe like recommend it for people who hadn't seen or heard of it because it, yeah, even if you don't love horror movies, I think it's really really worth watching because you're familiar with horror tropes and that's really what it's playing with, and it's like surprisingly emotional as a film too. So um, ju- I just yeah, wanted to, and the, and the yeah. cast is great and it's very stylishly shot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you want to should. Add- I- should I add one as, or try to try to add one as well? Let's do it. We, we keep this rolling. Um, how about God? I mean, I'm I'm pretty pleased with the list we have so far. So uh, I guess um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that. Oh oh, uh, here we go. Coco. This I really think this is like you know top three Pixar movies of all time for me. It's it's one of the most like the lighting and the you know the the uh, production design, the set design. Uh, all of it animated, of course, but the the underworld area that they created in this movie is so beautiful to look at. The music is so touching. It, I mean, I, I broke into tears multiple times watching this movie. I think it's like, um, you know, uh, Inside Out is actually about emotions, but I think Coco may be the most emotional <laughs> Pixar movie, at least for me. Um, so I just wanted to go to go to bat for that one. I was actually going to vote for Coco next. So yes, I agree. Yeah, Coco. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It, it's it's very sophisticated in how it uh, tells its, its story, and I I love all the cultural touchstones. It's, it's wonderful. I'd yeah, vote Coco. for this over Toy Story three for sure. How about we delete Toy Story three but keep Coco? Yeah, I think yeah. So yes. I like that move. Toy Story yeah. three was a movie that came at the right time for me, but going back to it, it probably isn't as good of a movie as I remember it. But Coco really is that good. Yeah, Toy Story three is really good, but Coco is Coco is lingered with me in a way a Toy Story three has not. Can I make a pitch? Yes. Can we, if we remove Avengers Infinity War, can we put on the list the Avengers, which was, again, monumental. This is the first time, like, a cinematic universe collided together in a film 
Like, I feel like that that is probably more monumental than Infinity War, even though because we have Endgame on the on the list. Yeah, I was going to make the same argument in a little bit, Peter. I think you're completely right. Avengers barely missed my list, uh, but it is one of those you know pop culture touchstones that like when we look at the history of 21st century entertainment, the Avengers is going to be have its own chapter. I think Infinity War is is fine, but Avengers should be on the list, and Infinity War should not be. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Agreed. I'm fine with that. All right. That is the Avengers. Ah, okay. All right. So, uh, that's Chris, it's your turn to nominate. Uh, I would like to put Edge of Tomorrow on this list. This was a yes, yes. This yes. was a lot of fun. Like, there was a movie that showed a lot of things. It showed that Emily Blunt can kick ass. It showed that Tom Cruise realizes that he can actually play like fuck ups. Like he's such a failure in this movie. And you know, he, he spent a large part of his career playing like the guy who's great at everything, but he's actually really good when he plays guys who think they're hot shit, but they're actually just big nerds. And that's what he is in this movie. And he's so good in it. And Bill Paxton is in it. And it has such a cool concept. I, I, I love edge of tomorrow. Yeah, this yes. made my list. This is one of my favorite. This is what this is one of my movies I, I watch on a regular basis. It's so good. Oh, Best awesome. video sad. game movie that's not a video game movie too. Yeah, I just got sad because Bill Paxton is no longer with us. Yeah, pour oh, yeah. one out. Here's the question: Do we call it Edge of Tomorrow or Live Die Repeat? Edge, Edge of Tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think Edge of Tomorrow has overwhelming support to be on this list. So, uh, brings us to Peter. Oh, uh, I was not prepared. Uh, can you oh, go on to the next person? The I, one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go HT. Um, I am going to vote for uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, Taika Waititi's, I, I, I honestly think his best movie because it's this wonderful, uh, just little family drama as well as being this really hilarious comedy that's set in New Zealand, the New Zealand bush specifically. And um, Sam Neill is great in it, as as is the young boy who I can't remember the name of, um, and I'm going to look up right now. Um, but I think this, this is a really funny, really quirky comedy that um, deserves a spot. And that's Julian Dennison, the young boy who plays Ricky Baker. It's just hilarious and touching and moving and emotional. Yeah, I think this should go on before Jojo Rabbit, to be, to be honest. So, I do, too. Can we agree to cut Jojo and put this on? Brad? <laughs> I, I am the other person who had Hunt for the Wilder People on their list, and I, I'm i not sure I'm ready to make that succession yet. I think I want to see how the rest of the list plays out before we make that decision. But you think Wilder People should be on there, though? Yeah, I do think Wilder People should be on there. All right. Anybody, anybody opposed Wilder People being on there? Nope. Okay, let's put it on the list. Which brings us to uh, Brad. You're up. Um, I'm going to go to bed for a movie that is a single vote because it's mine, and, but, but this movie uh, surprised the hell out of me, and I loved it so much, and I and I still do. Um, Wild, starring Weiss Witherspoon. Uh, I feel like this movie has gotten overlooked as time has gone on. It came out in 2014, I believe. This was a movie that I saw late in the year, and I felt like I had already pretty well established what my favorite movies of the year, and I saw this and it instantly shot to the top of my list. It was my favorite movie that year. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of the decade. It's just, you could easily make it sound just so simple by Reese Witherspoon is the, just, just this girl who's struggling you know, with pr- problems and decides to just go hike it off. But I feel like the way this story is told, and there's such intimate details in it, and it's, it's just such 
a beautiful movie that really captures what it's like to have a life where you feel like you've got a grasp on it and for, to get thrown a curveball and then to, to further mess up your life yourself by making just a series of poor decisions in the wake of trauma. Um, I don't think that there are a lot of movies that really have done what this movie does in, in that way. There's plenty of characters, obviously, who have encountered struggles and adversity and that kind of thing, but this one is just, uh, it, it hit me so hard right in my heart. I haven't seen this. Like, I can't in. <laughs> I also haven't seen it. I haven't this, seen it either. I see, can't. This, see, this is this is the problem. <laughs> I I really didn't like this movie, but but I think on, on like a formal level, I think Brad is right. Like it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I just I didn't connect to the lead character, but I, I think uh, the editing style, like Jean Marc Vallée, you know, he pr- sort of perfected that uh, in Sharp Objects, the HBO series. But since this is just movies, I think. Maybe it should go on there just for like the um, the unique aspect of, of how this movie came together. But I think that was um, one of the reasons why I was so surprised that I loved it so much too, because I have nothing to identify with this character. I'm I'm not a young woman with uh, uh, divorced parents, a mother that was abused. Uh, I didn't have a drug addiction that I struggled with or anything like that. But I don't know what it was, but this movie just really connected with me and just just really beat up uh, my emotions. Look, uh, I think each of us have had a, a moment on this list where we've made a passionate plea for movies that Wesley Group hasn't really seen. And we've all had a chance to get something that's personal to us on there. And uh, for that reason, I think I can throw my weight behind Brad here. Yeah, same. Anyone want to oppose this? All right, Wild on the list. Yes. Okay, guys, I'm going to make another um, grand sweeping proposal. I'm going to suggest two movies to cut, two movies to keep. I'm going to suggest we cut Silence. Great movie. We have three Scorsese's on the list. Mm. Oh, I didn't realize that. that. Uh, Chris, I think it's your your pick, right? Chris? Out to this, sorry. Um, Yeah, I'm fine. Go ahead. Cut it. All right. I think we should cut Skyfall, a movie I love. I'm the biggest James Bond fan on this website. I have seen all, all those movies, all of them, over 20 times each. Wow. I, can tell you all, I can tell you all the trivia. I can tell you all the history. No James Bond movie is the best of any of its decades. But I feel like it's the best cinematography. I don't know. Peter's not even the one who put this on his list. I am. Um, but I appreciate the defense. And, Jacob, you are the biggest James Bond fan. And I'm no one is more surprised than me that Skyfall was my favorite movie uh, of 2013. Was that it? Uh, 12, what, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever year it came out, it was my favorite movie. Uh, of that year and I'm not a huge James Bond fan by any means there are some James Bond movies I haven't even seen there was just something about this movie that I felt was so stylish the score is incredible Javier Bardem is an amazing villain I think it's maybe the most uh, James Bond that Daniel Craig has been allowed to be like specifically in my mind I'm thinking of that awesome shot where that bold uh, the the construction uh, claw tears at the back of the train and he hops down off of it on the back of the train and then fixes his cuffs like a badass um, I, I love this movie so much, but based on your love for James Bond and your willingness to cut it, I think that I am fine with that. I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that Skyfall is the best Daniel Craig James Bond movie and probably the best James Bond movie ever made. It, it, it is top, it is top tier Bond. I think it's Cena Royale. It's actually my favorite James Bond movie. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just a case where it's super, super good. We're just getting down to the wire here. Um, anyway, the two, I think we should keep. I'm going to propose a, a Tarantino double feature. What's happened in Hollywood? And Hateful Eight, I think, should both be on the top 100. Yes. 
I love both of those. I was actually going to suggest Once Upon a Time next. So Yeah, sure. I voted for Hateful Eight over Once Upon a Time, but it's not that I dislike Once Upon a Time. It's just that I didn't really connect with it as much. Um, even though Hateful Eight is such a, it's a much more just nasty, dirty film, I really like that film and the third act turn that it has. Um, but I'm okay with both of them being on the list. I almost feel the way HG does, but the opposite, where I feel the same way about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I feel it, but I am also fine with both of them being on the list. Yeah, I, I think that I, I know like a, a movie fans fanboying out over Quentin Tarantino is such a cliche, but goodness, like what different movies that they're, they're so different, well, undeniably from the same voice, and we'd have to respect that. Uh, so that brings us back around to Ben. But by the way, um, we have um, 25 slots left. I'm sorry, 26 slots left and like 33 movies, I think. So we're, we're, get, we're really getting down there. Okay, so we're not, don't have too much lo- left to do. Uh, I would say, God, let's see. Um, I I would really like to see uh, La La Land on this list, I think. Um, Damien Chazelle, you know, we talked about Whiplash. Uh, there's a lot of support for that movie. La La Land, I think, had two votes. Um, I just think, you know, uh, maybe a lot of the conversation sort of got drowned out a little bit in this La La Land versus Moonlight uh, whole conversation that was sort of surrounding the Oscars and that whole debacle. But looking back on that movie, it's um, the it's so good, guys. Like the music is so great, the performances are wonderful, the the colors just pop so brightly, and and it's you know it's a movie about um, melancholy and and relationships and uh, and love and sweeping romance, and it's like this old school throwback from a really young up-and-coming promising talented director I, I think it's the kind of movie that kind of has to be on this list yes uh, i'm the other person who had it on my list and i wholeheartedly agree with that i think especially the last uh 10 minutes of the movie really bring home just the that the movie isn't just your uh, a musical romance that's throwing back to old school classic musicals uh but it it's it's a, also a romantic tragedy uh and that I think Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, this is probably their, well, yeah, probably their best movie. Yeah. Uh, each of them. And yeah, I think that, I think it definitely needs to be on the list. Remember yesterday when I talked about Call By Your Name, and I talked about how it's a sucker for movies about people who have relationships where they meet the most important person in their life but don't end up with them? That's <laughs> another one of those. So I'm okay with yeah. this one being on the list. And by the way, I, I also had this on my list. So somehow it says two, but. It was three yeah, I didn't. I didn't put it on my list. Okay. Um, I'm just voting for it now. Yeah. My only hesitation is that having I don't I think that Damien Chazelle is like a perfectly fine director, and having two of his films on the best of decade list is just kind of funny to me. But I'm fine with La La Land. I think it's a good movie. It was my number two behind Moonlight that year, so it, it's hard for me to have a bad feeling about it. Plus, we're also talking about two Best Picture nominees. I mean, yeah. And actually, Whiplash won, didn't it? No. No. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm putting La La Land. I, in, my, in my heart, it did. <laughs> okay, guys. I did the actual math. We, we uh, film number 75. We have 25 slots left, and actually uh, 41 movies remaining. So 16 got to get cut, or 25 got to get added. So, and that was uh, Ben. So, Chris. Uh, since I cut Lady Bird, I would like to add Francis Ha, which is another movie that yeah. Greta Gerwig wrote but that I like a lot more. So, put that on there, I say. I yeah, fully support do. that. I yep, think it's a, little, yeah, it's a great film about this woman who is just aimless and adrift in New York City. And uh, it's just it captures that feeling of alienation and loneliness, sometimes self-inflicted in a really well, but really perfect way. 
I'm all for it. Hard movie to hate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was Chris uh, brings us back around to Peter. Ooh, uh, what am I going to pitch here? Um, you know what? I will. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pitch. Um, I'm gonna pitch. It follows. I think this is one of the best horror films of the last decade. I feel like it's um, one of the best indie horror films. It, it's. It, you know, it says things larger than what what it is. It's. Um, it has a fantastic performance it has great music i i don't know who else put this on their list is that chris it, it was me it was me i i yeah this movie is so good peter yeah no i i think um we haven't had too many horror films on the list maybe a handful i i think this belongs to be this deserves to be there yeah i think this conceptually the idea of something always following you you can, you can run as fast as you can uh, but it will eventually catch up to you is one of the scariest things yeah. I've ever, ever conceived. Or, And I think the score is a sort of like a synthy riff on the, the Psycho score is really good. Micah Monroe has never been as good as she was here. And it also has that really like old school teen movie throwback. It's like the, the world's most awful evil horror concept invaded this throwback 80s teen movie. And I, I, I love it so much. I didn't love this movie. I think it is a little bit more style than substance in a lot of ways. But if you guys like it so much, I'm okay with it. But I just I did not really care for this movie. Uh, I, I like oh. it. Um, I don't know, Chris. Chris, what do you think about it? Follows. Uh, I think it's really well made until the last act, which I hate a lot, but I would also like this to end. So I'm not going to fight too much. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'm going to put it follows into the slot, which brings us to HT HT. Um, I'm going to do something of a two hander here. Um, and I'm going to cut and, um, champion something. Um, and these are two films that I really love, but I actually will acknowledge are kind of similar in terms of what they um, tackle. And I will cut shoplifters in favor of championing uh, the Florida Project, uh, which is both of these movies kind of deal with people on the fringe living in poverty, and yet they have formed this sort of family unit or some sort of weird um, found family in that, like, they can live through life in this real almost optimistic and hopeful way despite the dire circumstances in which they live and I absolutely love the Florida Project especially for its performance by uh, Willem Dafoe and it's of the uh, the rest of the cast who were plucked from the street by Sean Baker for a lot of them and I think it's just a really lovely really beautiful movie um, that gets to the viewpoint of a child um, and kind of it deals with that sort of more almost like near homeless lifestyle, but with a really what like joyful sort of perspective. Yes. Sure. Yay. How, <laughs> does anyone else have any other things to say or object I, to? I personally think Shoplifters is better out of the two, even though I love the Florida Project. I, did, I actually didn't even see Shoplifters until uh, like um, I think a couple of months after like we had already done best of the year stuff for then. Um, 
but I still love Florida Project, so I think I'm I think I'm I'm on board. That's I, I know Chris loves this movie too, right? So Chris. Okay. Florida Project. <laughs> Let's put this on the list. Which brings us to Brad. Uh, <laughs> um so I'm gonna put up two movies and I wanna see which one you guys think is more deserving because I think that they both accomplish a similar thing but in different ways. Um and that's Black Klansman and the Post. I think that they are both very critical of a huge problem that is facing our society today, the source of which uh, is exactly the same. Um, I think Black Klansman is a lot more obvious and aggressive about it, uh, even abrasive to the point where it just flat out in in your face equates uh, alt-right people and any people that are on their same page with the Klan. Uh, and it does so in a way that is wholly satisfying, that gives you this victory that uh, Ron Stallworth gets by just pulling one over on the clan and pretending to be one of them and completely uh, dismembering this this chapter of them and making a fool of David Duke in the process. And similarly, I think that The Post does this thing where it pokes at the corruption that comes from within the government by referencing history doing exactly essentially what is happening now, even though it's happening now on a larger scale. And some people criticize the post for being a little too on the nose, but I think much in the same way that Black Klansman like, puts it right in your face and says, look, this is evil, heinous shit, I think the post does the same thing by saying, hey, look at this stuff that's happening. This is exactly what happened with Richard Nixon, and why aren't we doing anything about it? Like, this, this needs to be stopped. And so I don't know if that means both should be on there, but I definitely think one of them should at least be on there. I think Brad makes a compelling case for both. I kind of think both, too. I would vote for The Post. That's me. I vote for both. I would vote for Black Klansman, actually, but I'm okay with both. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it evens out to both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, I think Brad has a very compelling case for both of them there. And, you know, uh, more Spike Lee and more Spielberg on this list is not going to hurt anyone. So, <laughs> All right, only so... Spike Lee? I mean... So. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Okay. It brings it right back on to me. I'm gonna propose some some stuff. I'm gonna cut. Can you forgive me? I I love this movie. I'm the only one who put it on my list. It's a low key favorite of mine, but it's not at this at this point. It's not gonna make the, the final twenty slots. I'm gonna propose we cut Captain America: Civil War. We have top tier Marvel on our list now, and I don't think Civil War does anything those movies don't. Yeah, as one of the people who put it on their list, I I agree. Fine. Uh, now I'm going to propose that oh, I'm also going to cut the Look of Silence, which was a movie I put on the list, a documentary about a man whose family was killed in a genocide, literally going on camera and confronting the men who did it. Did anyone else see this before I cut it? I have not no. seen it. No, I haven't. It is one of the hardest two hours of I've ever seen in a cinema, and um, I'll never forget it. But also, I know it's, it's a hard movie to support when you're the only one who can fight for it, so I'm, I'm cutting it from this list. Um... Which brings me to what I want to suggest for the list, which is uh, Jackie. Uh, Natalie Portman's uh, playing Jackie Onassis. This is maybe one of the most unique biopics you've ever seen, because it's like Lincoln, it's not a straightforward biopic. It is a window into a certain period of time. And Natalie Portman is just otherworldly good here. 
and the way it flashes between time and place and perspective and allows you to see between the cracks of history. Uh, and rather than, rather than, you never see most of the major events of her life. You see the moments between those events and you see like a, a like famous person lay bare in a way that most biopics don't. Most biopics try to elevate a person's most famous elements as opposed to exploring what happens between those moments. And I think Jackie is something that's really stuck with me. I would love Jackie to be on this list because I think I had it on mine. So I don't I, object. I that... didn't have it on my list, but I absolutely love this movie and Natalie Portman's performance specifically. So I am supportive of this too. Haven't seen it. I like this movie. I also enjoy Jackie, and I think Natalie Portman is astounding in it. I am, uh, I'm totally cool with this being on the list. Okay, that is Jackie. Uh, okay, Ben, if you have any sweeping changes, we have uh, 18 slots left. Do you have any big ideas? Maybe time to bring them out. Yeah, I, I was trying to come up with some grouping, and I don't think I can do that on this go around. But maybe I'll, I'll try again next time. Uh, for this time, I want to go to bat for Wonder Woman. I feel like we don't oh. have, um. Like so, first of all, uh, Black Panther is not on. It wasn't even on our like nominations list, as far as I could tell. Did, did um, no one it, nominate Black Panther? No one nominated Black no. Panther. No. Wow. So I, I think this. I mean, not to like uh, group these movies t- together in any sort of uh, dismissive way, but I, I really feel like you know if we're looking at the decade as a whole, there are only a handful of movies that um, that like represented something larger than themselves to a huge swath of the audience. And I feel like Wonder Woman was one of those films. It's very, very important to a lot of people. I think, um, you know, we can talk all day about how the final battle is, is kind of a waste. And I, I personally wish that they would have taken a little bit braver of a choice uh, narrative path in terms of the ultimate reveal of the villain. But I think there's so much strong stuff in this movie that it, it you know, it, it uh, outweighs all of that. I think, you know, if we have a movie like Force Awakens on, on this list where the last act of that movie is kind of a, you know, it's a very familiar, something that we've seen before. I think we can easily put something like Wonder Woman on there, which um, is, like I said, like a, a cultural touchstone for a lot of people. And um, it's also, I kind of love the idea of us having this as our only DCEU movie in there is like the the one that, you know, we don't even acknowledge that the other ones exist. It's just Wonder Woman for us. So um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Wow. Thanks, Ben. Cause I was about to go to bat for this. I was going to go really hard, um, but I had a whole pitch and you just kind of said a lot of it. But anyways, <laughs> uh, what I was going to say for Wonder Woman is that I acknowledge that the third act is not perfect, but Wonder Woman really did change my life. It changed the way that I was able to watch superhero movies because while I enjoy and love superhero movies before, um, it really was an experience just watching that particular, the beach scene with um, all the Amazons just running, uh, just stampeding and charging uh, towards the screen. And it just uplifted me in a way that I never had experienced before because I had never seen something like that before. So many women um, on screen. And it's cheesy to say, it sounds cheesy to say, uh, but it is a cheesy movie. And I absolutely loved everything that uh, this movie had to offer from the uh, hero played by Gal Gadot, who was just such a delight to the the chemistry and the romance that she has with uh, Chris Pine. Mm -hmm. And I think that the romance doesn't detract away from her character. And I think that it's, it gives such a complex uh, portrayal of what we can expect out of a female superhero that I think that it's just such a, really monumental film and i absolutely love it and um thank you for 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 going in on that ben because this is the movie that i nominated actually 
If, if anyone says no after HG's speech there, you're a monster. <laughs> I think Peter might be the only one who no. could potentially say no, but I, I've, just because I know you don't like the third act, but I, I do wonder what you think about it in terms of like the larger no, I, context I, I, of the decade. I, I, I think in the larger context of the decade, it should be there. Just nice. like Infinity then, War should have been there. This also, this also kind of, this actually almost makes me frustrated that we didn't include Black Panther because we're being very forgiving of Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's third act. Uh, yeah, I, I would. And, well, okay. And, and, and accomplishing the same thing, and it almost makes me feel bad. I don't, I don't know. Can, yeah, can we on us for not <laughs> Can we yeah. resurrect Black Panther? No, seemed... we open up a whole can of worms. We bring in a movie right yeah. now. So. Yeah. Like for example, I regret not putting knives out in my list, and here we are. So it, it's it's done. I guarantee you, we're going to get so much backlash for not having Black Panther on here. Yeah. Well, Chris, I'll let you uh, take the next pick. Oh man. Um. Ugh, Roma. Put Roma on there. Roma should be there. Roma yeah. is great. Yeah. Roma should be on there. Mm-hmm. I think but... you know for no other reason than just like marking Netflix as like uh, an entity to be taken seriously in the awards race. That's like a big story of this decade too. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no reason for Roma not to be on this list. Well. While we're on Netflix, can we talk about Marriage Story? Has enough people seen that movie? Do you mean on this podcast, or do you mean no? I mean, uh, like in uh, general, for like I us don't, to consider it. I don't think Marriage Story should be on the list, even though really? I think it's good. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's quite quite enough to make it on the decade list. I love this movie as well, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Peter, did, did Peter nominate this one? Yeah, I nominated. I thought I don't know. It's to me, this is one of the best movies of this year. But I think uh, I think in a few years we'll look back at this, and this will be a more important movie. All right, we'll cut it for now. Um, but you know what? We'll, we'll revisit this list in ten years and say here's what we got wrong. Okay, uh, Peter, it's your turn though. Um, oh, wait, I'm... did Chris go? Yeah, Chris, oh, Chris picked Roma. Go, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess I'm going to make a pitch for a movie that I only nominated because there's not much left on this list here. And that pitch is going to be for Tim's Vermeer. This is a documentary. Uh, it was produced by Penn & Teller, but that's not why I like it at all. Uh, this movie follows this guy named Tim Jennison, who is like this techie guy that basically looked at the work of Vermeer, who is this artist who came around during, what, the Renaissance? something uh but basically the first artist to like basically create paintings of photoreal people and things and uh scientists and the world has been baffled at like how he he was so far ahead of himself for like well before anybody else and uh tim jennison uh, believes that he was using technology to create his art. He was using basically a a form of tracing. Um, like he created this device that like projects like the room onto a a canvas and was able to trace it. And he uh, basically, I, I know I'm giving like the whole story here away, but like he he basically goes to create a mirror, uh, basically to to copy what he believes he did. And the reason why I think this is so great is this is, yes, another documentary about art, but it asks some interesting questions, asks some questions like if Vermeer was using technology to create this art, does that make him any less of an artist? Does that, uh, what is the difference between a craftsman and an artist? Um, and I, I feel like the, the deeper topics that it gets into here are, is why this 
is such an interesting documentary of the last decade. So that'd be my pitch for Tim Vermeer. I haven't seen this, but but you know what? I'm all for including like a smaller, lesser known movie that like that left an impact on you like that. Has anybody else seen this? I haven't. I have not. That sounds interesting though. Yeah, I I have not, but I don't have any objection. Peter, here's my question. Um, If Tim Vermeer, Dope, and Ingrid Goes West walked into the room and only one could leave onto the list, what would you pick? Let's, um... <laughs> uh, okay, Tim Vermeer. I think Tim Vermeer should go on the list then, guys. Okay. Nice. All right. All right, that brings us to HT. Uh, I am going to go with Bridesmaids. Which yes. I think is such an essential comedy of this past decade. I'm surprised it's taken us so long to get around to it. Uh, Paul Feig's movie that starred Kristen Wiig. It shot Melissa McCarthy to fame. And it's so funny and so quotable and um, has a great romantic comedy element to it as well. Um, and I think was the movie that made you know marketers and studios say, wow, people will go to, to the theaters to see our rated female-led comedies, and then we never got any more after that. But um, it was such a great uh, movie that like left such a mark on pop culture that I think deserves a, a spot on this list. Yeah. Yeah, I um, this was on my list already, but the, uh, this has been kicking around HBO again recently, and I keep catching parts of it here and there, and just reminded me how great this movie really is. And <clears throat> it is kind of a bummer, like you said, that this movie seemed to prove that you know the women can have just as much raunchy fun as the boys have had for years, but we haven't seen nearly as many uh, movies that let them do that. Uh, it's actually kind of become a thing where now they've just, they just have a, a kind of a tag team of men and women both being raunchy, like with Neighbors and Longshot and that kind of thing. Um, but it's yeah, it's kind of a bummer that really the only major like big like girl group comedy we've gotten since then is girls trip which i don't think is quite nearly as good as bridesmaids um but i definitely think bridesmaids should be on this list well well, bridesmaids gets written off as like a potty humor like a a raunchy comedy and it it actually is very smart and uh yeah i am quoted on the poster for this movie so i'm all for this (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I like this movie i don't love it uh but i think there's no reason for me to say no to it also, I've noticed that we really only have about 5% straight-up comedy movies on this list, so I feel like that is reason, even more reason to put it on there. All right. Bridesmaids is on the list. Uh, okay. Um, that was Brad, right? No, that was HT. That was Brad. Okay, yeah. Um, wow. Well, we're getting down to the wire here, so... Um, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to go back to one of my old passionate ones game night guys game night game night game night uh a comedy should not be this smart and sharp when it comes to like the thriller suspense side of it it, it successfully blends these two genres that typically don't go go together very well like there's horror comedies but it's rare to see a thriller comedy like this that works so well the entire cast is great in it um i just i think this movie is so so stylishly shot it's so fun and uh, smart and just all all around great. And I think that it, again, further representing comedy, it should be on this list. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say about Game Night is usually they put up like a camera for a wide and two close-up cameras and it's all shot in like one take and it's whatever. It's very uh, – comedies to me feel very boringly shot. This has like an entire sequence that's done in like a one shot. It's so stylish. It, it's, it's above – 
what you normally expect from comedies, I feel like. Uh, I've been yep. worn down. I've been worn down. Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> I like Amen. Amen a lot. It's it's very, very funny. Jesse Plemons. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dog. <laughs> okay, back to me. I'm going to make a, another sweeping proposal since we're near the end here. Uh, looking at our nominees, Burning, Dunkirk, The Favorite, Us, and You Never Really Hear all have two votes apiece from nominations. I think we should put them all on the list. Yes. Yes. So yes. how many does that leave us with, Jacob? That will leave us with yes, one, two, three, four, five. That will leave us with uh, nine more slots. Yeah, I think we should do that. I have not seen Burning, but I know HT and Ben and Chris are all big fans, right? Oh, yeah. I haven't so seen it good. yet either, but I, I've oh. heard really good things. Oh, yeah. Just me and Chris. <laughs> Tag team it again, Chris. Yeah. 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 I think these are me and Chris um, picks. So. And, <laughs> and Dunkirk, my controversial Dunkirk opinion is that Dunkirk is Christopher Nolan's best film. I actually agree with you. I actually oh, think it's his so. worst film. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, that's well, wrong. You're wrong, Peter. <laughs> wow. I, I think it's definitely his most... It's his most middle film. No, I think it's his most, most like self-assured film. film. Like, it, it, yeah. It's all hit the tricks he's learned I think, put into like, one the movie. The emotion that he was trying to go for in Interstellar, he actually achieves in Dunkirk. I cried in Dunkirk, and I didn't expect that during a Christopher Nolan film. It's great. Yeah. And we discussed you never really here last year at length. We discussed us at length and the favorite at length on this podcast in the past. But I think I think we're all people have different opinions on all those movies around around the table here. Uh, but enough of us are passionate about them that I, I feel good about this. All right, guys, we're on, I think we're close to the final pass here. There are nine slots left. There are six of us, and there are six movies in discussion, and still fourteen that we haven't even mentioned yet. So we got to pick nine out of here. Uh, ben, let's go for it. Kubo and the Two Strings. Let's put a stop-motion animated movie in this list. I love this movie. I think it's Laika's best film. I think uh, it is... It, yes, it is certainly problematic that most of the voice, if not all of the voice casting or, or voice acting is done by white people for a story that's supposed to be, you know, like, I guess, Asian-influenced. But, uh, man, the story is so good. The artistry is so impressive. Um, I just really like this movie a lot. Man, Ben, you're two for two for nominating movies that I put on there. I'm well, happy I'll, with that. I was going for this one as next nomination too, so I'm I'm all I'm Team Kubo all the way. Yeah, and I'm gonna say actually, as the one Asian person on this uh, podcast, I'm fine with non-Asian voice actors because I think it's a different medium than with actual people on the screen. Um, it's just that it comes down to with voice acting, it's just such a different muscle than any, everything, and I think yeah. that. It, it works so well with Kubo anyway. So Kubo, great movie. Do Brad, Peter, and Chris object to this or support it? I, I haven't seen it, so I have no opinion either way. <laughs> I, I haven't I, seen it. I am neutral. I, I really like it. I think that Paranorman is the better movie. Neither of them made my list, um, but I'm fine with Leica getting some representation with a movie that, that is very uh, has stunning animation and incredible visuals. Yeah, Chris, I think I really think Kubo's movie that you would find a lot of value in. I, I really encourage you to see it. All right, I will. All right, Chris, but it, it is your turn to pick one. Uh, I don't know if anyone else will want this, but I want it on there, and I would really like Personal Shopper to go I on there, it. just because it's it's the movie that I think proves that you know for years Kristen Stewart was getting shit for her. her Twilight performances, which you know everyone's like, oh, she's one note, blah blah, blah. and I feel like Personal Shopper is the movie that proves. She's she's got the goods. She's a really great actress, and like ninety percent of that movie is just her on her phone, and yet she makes it so engaging and so 
uh, thrilling. And uh, I think it takes like a real level of talent to pull that off. So personal shopper. But is it a good movie? Like I haven't it's... seen this movie, so I like, I can't make any judgments, but I'm like looking at the reviews and looking at the, you know, the, the user ratings and stuff. It doesn't seem like anybody thinks it's amazing. Uh, Peter, I think it's good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm someone. Are the ratings back? Because I, I saw this movie and thought it was pretty good too. Uh, IMDb six point one out of ten. IMDb is, IMDb is so, different. Uh, Metascore is the only thing in what? front of me right now is seventy seven percent. But that if, Metacritic that's like low. I, mean, I I'm not necessarily staunchly against this. My, my only I guess argument against it is that I personally see uh seven other movies that i would put on this list ahead of personal shopper but i i don't know i think chris sounds like passionate enough about it that i feel like maybe it should be on there yeah maybe it's because I'm, I'm an editor and i talk to you guys you know in depth every day and read all your work but i've been hearing chris talk about personal shopper for years now and i, I know this is not like a newfound thing from this is a movie that's in his bones so he has my support here thank you <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should agree with Jacob and also me. <laughs> I've never seen it, so but I, I trust your opinion, Chris. I, I know you love it. Like it. I think you would like I, it. Okay. I, feel like, I feel like it might be clouded a little bit by your love for Kristen Stewart. But... Look, this was the first movie I ever thought she was good in, honestly. <laughs> I had no – I was neutral on her until this movie, and this is the movie that – What are you talking about? Off... She's good in that Sean Penn movie. What? Oh, yeah. Into the Wild? I yeah. guess. Yeah. She's in like she's in there for like two minutes though. This is all her. This is all Stuart. It's a Stuart right. stew, baby. <laughs> Alright. I'm gonna put personal shopper on this list because I think Peter is going to get something he wants next and it'll all it'll all balance out. I am? Oh yeah. You're gonna get Ingrid Goes West or Dope. I have to choose. Oh which <laughs> I, I, pick, pick which one if, if you could put one top one hundred right now, Peter, what would it be? Uh, um, that's a tough decision. Uh, I, I feel like Ingrid goes west because I don't know, actually. I, I, I think Ingrid goes west because of its mo- saying more about, you know, a thing going on in the now and how our culture is changing, what we're valuing, you know, in social media and stuff like that. And Dope is a, a great jumping off point for that director who I think is going to go far and also, it was the debut performance from, uh, oh my god, what's her name? Kirstie uh, Clemens. Yes. Uh, who is fantastic in that. But I, I feel like Ingrid Goes West also has R- Wyatt Russell. And yeah, I would say Ingrid Goes West, if I was going to choose between those yeah. two. I think if Chris is personal shopper, Peter gets Ingrid Goes West on his list. That's just an interest of fairness. That makes sense. Okay, I'm putting Ingrid's list on this on this list, and we're moving on. We got to... five left to go, right? Or yep, six. Uh, uh, we have uh, five more slots, but three more in this rotation. So I think we we'll have two more after this rotation that we can battle it out for. So, all right, it's my turn. Uh, I am going to go for Force Majeure, which is a uh, drama comedy drama, a Swedish comedy drama directed by Ruben Ostlund. It's actually getting an American remake soon, but I doubt that it can ov- 
overcome the perfection that is this original film. It's about a man who is on vacation with his family at a ski resort. And when these these nearby sort of explosions to clean the, the mountain go off and set off what seems to be an avalanche that could overcome all of them, he runs away from his family and leaves them hanging. And that sets off a whole avalanche of a uh, sort of uh, pers- interpersonal turmoil, as well as uh, debates on what would ha- what would happen if they if other people were in that situation. It's this really uncomforting, uncomfortable, uh, just unsettling film to watch. That is also like a comedy of manners, and it's. Just a really, really great film that uh, is really biting and really funny in, in this, again, really unsettling way. Um, so I am going to go for Force Majeure. Has anyone else seen Force Majeure? I saw, I this, I saw the Fantastic Fest HD, and um, I can't remember who I'm quoting here, but someone described it as um, Kirby Enthusiasm directed by Michael Haneke. And <laughs> uh, it is just the most uncomfortable comedy I think I've ever seen. It is just brutal it's a brutal watch and i loved every second of it i i, I would support force majeure here anyone else has seen it i haven't seen it. seen it no it's, in, it's been in my on my hulu list for a long time now yeah it's great i think it's just like it's this perfect uncomfortable really just gets under your skin kind of comedy and um yeah i yeah, i would love to be on there the remake called like downhill and i can't imagine it being half as good as this oh for sure not all right. Anyone anyone opposed to this? Nope. Okay. Cool. That brings it brings it to uh, Brad. Um, I'm going to circle back around to Jojo Rabbit because the more I think about it, uh, the more I think this movie deserves to be on here because after looking back, there are almost zero movies that have been able to tackle Nazis in a comedic way. Uh, the producers does so, but ultimately in a different way that's not not in the same satirical vein that Taika attempts here. And I think that just the juxtaposition of uh, the horror of the Holocaust and the drama of losing somebody you love and the, the goofy satire and slapstick moments that Taika pulls off um, playing Hitler himself in addition to directing the movie, I think is bold uh, and subversive and well worth uh, accolades, especially during our, our current social climate. My one my one hesitation here is that we already have um, two Taika Waititi films on the list. I mean, then Scott Scorsese, you have three Scorsese's on the list, so what, what, what am I saying? Um, that'll be my it's, one hesitation. It is, but... it, is not, it is not my fault that Taika is such a brilliant filmmaker. <laughs> I, I like Jojo Rabbit, but it is so recent that I don't know if it will like be like stand the test of time. I mean, it is really relevant and uh, timely, but I also I don't even think it's like in my top five of the year. So. I don't know. I'm on the I'm on the fence about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying not to put relevance into here or recency into it because we have, we have the Irish on this list and that just came out. Uh, so I, I think at this point in the list, we're coming down to films that are since we have like one champion of, of the group or one or two champions. And looking at the overall list, I like Jojo Rabbit more than half the movies on this list probably. So I, I'm. I feel a little worn down. Well, here, uh, here's I, the other question, because we have five movies in discussion. 
Yeah, but, oh, no, no, Fast those... Five got Fast Five got cut. That's right, we did cut Fast oh, Five. Oh, it got cut. Of, okay, yeah. so we got four movies, or did Dope get cut? We did not cut Dope yet. So we got four at, movies in discussion, which I think some of those. At this point, I don't think Dope should be cut because Dope and Blind Spotting try to go for different things, and I think Blind Spotting is better. So if Blind Spotting makes the list or still in contention, and Dope is worse than it, I think Dope should be cut. Brad, would you be okay nominating Blind Spotting instead of Jojo Rabbit? Uh, I would no. support Blind Spotting. I'll, I'll, all right, I'm picking Blind Spotting now when you get to me, which is going to be well, 30 hours from now. <laughs> well, after, after, after this, we're going, we only have two films left, so we're not going to complete for rotation again. Okay. I to, uh, actually, I tell you, maybe we should do this. There are four slots left, yes? There are five yes. slots left. Five, five Wait, slots? Five. Maybe we should all pick the five movies we think should fill those slots and the ones that have the most votes go in. Uh, <laughs> more math, Brad. I think, I think we should finish the rotation because we started with everybody kind of... We started with Kubo and, and, and Ben and Prince Topper and Chris and Peter and Ingrid and uh, HG and Force Majeure. I think you should get a what, pick here. What if... Okay, who who is Force Majeure? That was HT? That was HT, yeah. me. What if the next five are golden tickets for the last five people for one movie? Because the HD was like we'd count that as her. Does that make sense? Is that my golden ticket? Oh, okay. I, I or I mean, I, we could not do that. I was just trying to come up with a better way than us arguing. Should we well, go with then, one well, more well, round of cutting something? And one then... person, one person wouldn't get a golden ticket though. There's six of us. Well, yeah. I was saying HTs would be force majeure, but because she, but it's. Fine. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, How about we put Jojo Rabbit on the list? Because um, none of us dislike it. Brad's passionate. Yeah. I'll make my next pick. Which will leave us with two two titles. We can then hash that out. Do it. Okay. Jojo Rabbit goes in, and uh, everyone. I think we're on the same page as a few of us because I'm picking Blind Spotting for the next slot. Yeah. Yeah. Do I'm it. all right with that. Yeah, I'm cool yeah, with Blind Spotting. Sure. I think Blind Spotting is one of those electric debuts. We've seen that guy a lot. Oh, actually, oh, I miscounted. We have three slots left. So we have three slots left. And I was going to read over the remaining movies for the listeners at home. Uh, Dope, The Muppets, Attack the Block, Blue Ruin, The Farewell, The Handmaiden, The Invitation, Lobster, Minding the Gap, The Queen of Versailles, The Shape of Water, Tree of Life, and The World's End. Or three movies belong. The Lobster belongs. No. 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 The Lobster is too mean. I don't like it. I enjoyed the lobster a lot too, but I don't think it belongs in those slots. I would say <sighs> Tree of Life is such a huge deal. I know people think it's boring, but it's boring. Tree of Life is the my is a really nice screensaver. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love the opening. <sighs> Can I suggest something? Sure. How about dope and attack the block? They only have one left. Mmm. Mm. Oh God! Just do it. <laughs> I gotta go to a movie in like ten minutes. Let's I would have. Oh, I would rather have rather have the Muppets over Dope and Attack the Block. Honestly, I kind of agree with. I haven't seen Dope, so I don't. But Attack the Block think, is is okay. Yeah, I think Dope is okay. The Muppets is better, and Attack the Block is good, but not even one of the best sci-fi movies of the be- of last decade. It sounds like there's a decent amount of support for the Muppets, so maybe that should just make it in. Muppets. 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 <laughs> wow, I like the Muppets, but top of the... okay. I mean, you know, I, 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 look, I our list it... will be special. We're gonna have the list no one else has. That's how you have to look at it. 
All right, guys. The Muppets is now on the list. We have Mandy. <laughs> we have the Muppets. We have Cloud Outlist. Those are going to be movies. They're the not going to be on other lists. Like number one hundred on it. Like if the Muppets <laughs> is like the top ten, then I'll have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have two slots left. I think one of these slots should be Attack the Block. I feel. I really think that would be remaining films. All right. Fine. All right. Do it. It's all right. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Hey guys, uh, one more hand, movie. The Handmaiden. The Handmaiden. Put it in there. I've never seen, seen it. That one. It's I sexy it. and it's gorgeous and it's crazy. It's really it's good. Really crazy sexual thriller that is uh, also has some. Yeah, it's beautifully shot and it, it has some like it has some like political. It's a um, better movie than The Muppets. Let me put it that way. So <laughs> <laughs> if The Muppets, let me next... say it has one one scene where the camera is inside the woman's vagina so i don't think this is gonna selling it for me it's so good it's a really good movie and not just because of the vagina cam i swear they had made it's uh park shenwook uh and he it's just this really sexy twisted extremely exciting very funny thriller is there is there any movie here that we can get more people on board for honestly well, everything on the list the handmaiden is the best honestly right. well, i'm not I, saying maybe... that i'm saying like more of a consensus of people like free of life clearly no only chris is passionate right yeah Ooh. sorry uh the world's end edgar wright it's wonderful i like it a lot i don't think not, it makes a list not nearly mm-hmm. one of edgar wright's yeah. best movies Mm-mm. um let's start for, okay blue ruin Jer- jeremy Solnay. we have a green room on the list i love blue ruin but green room is better yeah that's, yeah. Yeah. that's fine okay. The Farewell, I like it a lot. HD, you're, you're the biggest champion here. Well, uh, I actually don't think I nominated this movie. Oh, well, but... I thought it was you. Yeah. No, uh, but I was considering it because it is a movie that really touched me and really moved me, but it was more recent. Uh, I would actually be okay with this being on the list because it, it feels like such a cultural watershed in a lot of senses that the that a lot, a lot of people wanted Crazy Rich Asians to be, and it that was on the movie on a box office level was. But The Farewell really struck this cultural chord in a way that felt so specific and yet so so universal. So I would also throw my weight behind The Farewell because it's also really funny, uh, really moving, and just uh, made me cry. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I was actually the one who put it on the list, and I okay. feel the same way. If, uh, all the things that HT said, that movie okay. uh, really made the tears come out of my face. Right. The Invitation is an incredible thriller. I don't think it makes top 100. Haven't seen it. It's very good, but I agree. Yeah. I nominated the lobster, but I will uh, cut it too because yeah, it is a little bit of a mean movie. It's a very <laughs> like specific movie, like very yeah. niche rather. So I'll cut it. And, and your ghost left the most is represented on our list with the favorite already. So, yes. uh, Mind of the Gap and the Queen of Versailles are both Peter's selections. Peter, Mind of the Gap was mine actually. Oh, yeah, well, that was hers. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I've been traditionally the one that's putting documentaries on here, but HT put mine. Yeah. 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 I really love Mining the Gap. Um, it just really moved me again, too. But I, I'm okay with cutting it. I think it's one of the best documentaries I've seen ever, honestly. But uh, if no one else wants to throw their support behind it, I'll, I'll cut it. Right. Queen of Versailles, though, is Peter. Yeah, you can cut this. I don't think anybody else is going to vote for this. But you should go see that movie. It It, it is great, and it does represent the decade of like you know what was going on with politics and uh the housing crisis and everything so all right so we do ha- we, we do have a documentary list coming for a decade right yeah we should okay. 
Shape of Water. Here's I was one who nominated it. If Crimson Peak isn't on his list, Shape of Water can't be on his list. I, I would vote for Shape of Water. I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally disagree with that reasoning wholeheartedly. Shape of Water should be on this list over Crimson Peak in a heartbeat. Is Crimson Peak on the list? No, no. no, it's okay. no, no. Water can't be no. here. I know that's what I'm. I no, that's not true. <laughs> I, I I think Crimson Peak is actually better. So uh, I Crimson agree. Peak Crimson Peak has gorgeous visuals, but uh, as a as a whole story, uh, you can love Gothic as, uh, horror as much as you want, but no. All right, let's do this. There's so, four films left. There's Dope, The Handmaiden, The Farewell, The Chief of Water. We got to pick one. Everybody go to the dock, put your initials next to the film you choose. Oh no! Wait, I had like went to bat for all th- for three of these. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Wait, no, uh, uh, the wrong one. Oh wait, you're adding Fast Five in here? No, it was a joke. It was a joke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Can we delete Ingrid Goes West so we uh, these on. Wait, I don't know, man. This is oh, sorry. Uh, this is a tough one. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote for Handmaiden, even though I haven't seen it. I, I feel what? like the the description of what you guys just talked about made me really want to see this movie a lot. So Wait, nobody uh, voted, and, nobody voted for Dope. No one voted for Dope. So Dope is gone. Yeah, I didn't uh, vote for Dope because I knew no one was going to go with me. Go oh, well. I voted for the Farewell four times. I so. haven't voted yet because these are three that I love and I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm just going to go with the one that I actually nominated. All right. So I think that means the Farewell is gone. Yeah, right. unfortunately, the pure numbers game means the farewell is gone. And it means the handmaiden is in. It's got the most votes. <laughs> right? Am I crazy? There's yeah. three people. You, you, are, you are correct. I think I think the handmaiden takes it. If we go don't by we, numbers don't, game don't we have six people here? Yeah, Brad, between shape. Oh, Brad would vote for shape of water then, tying this. Oh. Well, well I did. Well, I mean, I, I, I did vote for the farewell, but yeah, so but... I mean. But then, but oh, then, I, that, see. I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I would vote for a Shape of Water. That is correct. But only oh, because now. I haven't. But only because I haven't seen it. Well, now we have to have a, a cage match fight. <laughs> to... I vote. I vote we, we take we... out. I vote we take out the Muppets and put these two on. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I actually no! would be fine with that. Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's yeah. No. This yeah. is uh, Peter. Yeah. You, I'm fighting you that. To, you have to. Muppet admit, from is a dramatic a... perspective. This is the perfect way to end this podcast. <laughs> By taking oh, off I, one of my movies? No. No, I, I think this is it. I think we should no, take off. Shut up, I, I, I'd rather Muppets than Game Night. I would rather. No, I'd rather I, I would rather Game Night than Muppets. We can take. We can take attack. We can take attack the block off. That was my. Uh, I think I was the only person to actually vote for that. Um, and it sounds like there's more passion for these two movies. Okay. So I think we can. I, do I'm the one who pushed Attack the Block into that last slot. I I agree. It was remove Attack the Block. But handmade in shape of water's last two slots and call it a list. Yeah. Right. Yeah, with game night on it. Now we just gotta have a three hour podcast with us ranking these, right? Oh my Absolutely god. Absolutely never. No, no. <laughs> no, that, that that's not how it's done. We actually go into our private offices and we rank them separately. We send them to Jacob who does all the math because he's good at it. And then that ranking happens, right? Yep. Yes. Uh, so you've heard us make a top 100, but the order will be decided and published on slashroom.com uh, next week in five installments written by all of us. So, wow, guys. Wow. <laughs> we did, did it. it. Somehow the second episode was longer than the first, which is amazing. <laughs> but you know what, guys? Wow. I'll, I'll give a list of movies, and this is what a list. Even the movies I don't like, it represents us in a way that makes me happy. So, way to go, guys. Yeah, yeah. we did it. I like yeah, it. yeah. I think uh, the thing I like about this list the most are the entries that like seem 
like we're not every other list out there. And I feel like there is those movies because those movies are great, but there's also the movies that r- really give you a taste of us. Yeah. So. We, we taste good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast, Slash Film Daily, post every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to peter at SlashFilm.com. And rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow.